So, so thanks for that. So I am, you know, I'm Norman Rafferty from the Undisclosed Location. Uh, we're here with the mighty and assembled crew. You're all looking good. That's as I look over here where the camera is. Uh, we're still doing more of the Urban Jungle Astounding Science, which is everything you've ever wanted in a role-playing game because it's furry, it's retro, and it's future. It's everything at once for everybody. Is there, it's the past and the future. And all the time zones so you don't now. want to be in. The past, the future, oh, and the alternative. Or no, all the time zones you want to be in besides, you know what I mean. <laughs> yep. It's eternal September. Uh, so uh, we have assembled a crew today. I believe we are on the uh, internet. There we go. Okay. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and be the game host today. So I'm going to go ahead and ask everyone to quickly introduce their characters in the order they are on the roll 20. So we're going to start with Griffin. Tell me who Boris Blaskowitz is. Hey, Boris Blaskowitz, the fastest rocketeer beyond Mars. Uh, he's a carefree uh, bear. I'm sorry. Let's see. Bear Daredevil Starchild. There we go. That's the list. Uh, and, of course, his motto is let nobody hold you back. He's got a personal goal to get some publicity. Wow. Didn't you already get some publicity? Uh, I don't think so. Last, last time I tried bringing it up, and uh, I guess we just didn't. If you well, want to I say it, we could cover that later. <laughs> okay. Well, no, because you're going to get in the news for the thing that we did the last game. So is there a okay. particular is there a particular gift you were looking for? or? Um... Hmm. Good question. I'm not really sure. I'll get back to you on that in a minute. Okay. It's been a bit. Uh, well, as an, elephant, as an elephant you have brawling, do you have wrestling? Uh, Actually, yes, I'm a bear. Screw it. You don't have the gift of veteran, so I'm going to go ahead and give you the gift of veteran. Wonderful. Because you beat up a bunch of people firsthand. So that I, actually makes a lot prime. of sense. You'll be the prime candidate for that. Okay, and also speaking of prime candidates, uh, next, uh, Theta, tell us about Dr. Corvus Quasar. Yeah, Dr. Corvus Quasar, mechanical Martian crackpot. Uh, personality is hubristic. My motto is Eureka! I have no current goals. I have a flaw of emotionless, though. Um, <laughs> no goals and law motionless. Um, uh, how very matter of fact. And speaking of matter of fact, Arkloid, tell us about Ralph Summers. Yes, I'm Arkloid. I play Ralph Summers, the egghead raccoon safecracker. He is an ex-con with the personality of high strung and the motto when the door break when the door closes, break a window. Yeah, and you uh, did you? Yeah, you're the you're the odd lot out because you're actually an ex felon, I think. Yeah, straight. And that was the most heroic one in the last session. Go figure. I see. Well, you the were center. you were the one who was most, you were the most uh, on mission, which uh, sometimes is pretty boring for people, but uh, it's appreciated uh, that you actually. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Look at stupid crap on the internet. Uh, I appreciate that you did the right thing. And speaking of doing the right thing, uh, we're joined by a new player today. Hugo is with us. Hugo, tell us about your character. Hi, my name is Hugo. I play John Lancer. I am a cat person. Um, my backstory is, is basically on Buck Rogers. I was a pioneering astronaut way back in the dawn of the space age, but an accident caused me to be frozen in ice for decades, after which I was thawed out, and because of the whole interspace aliens 
they need all the space pilots they can find, so they just stuck me in another spacesuit and put me on a spaceship and sent me back out into space. Of course, I, you know, being so. Well, what else do you know? Besides, yeah, what else, yeah, I'm so out of time that the only thing familiar to me is space. So the irony is now where I was a pioneer, it's my home. Um, and makes so, sense to me. And so with that, my motto is never give up, never surrender. And my goal is to defend my home and at some point perform a crazy stunt on my spaceship. Okay. Well, by defend your home, you remember the space patrol. So do you mean defend yeah. the people of the space patrol? Works for me. Yeah. So John Lancer, completely original character. Do not steal. <laughs> so you're probably a veteran. You were probably one of the heroic space people who was sent into space during the Atomic Wars. Because we're the game is set in the far-flung future of 1980. Exactly. Uh, after the Atomic Wars devastated a lot of Earth, and it was discovered that the real enemy of Earth is uh, the Thermionic Empire, who live on counter-Earth. Because it turns out that not only is there an Earth, but there's another planet completely opposite in the same orbit. But it's run by uh, a totalitarian regime and their unthinking, cold, and remorseless computer. Who could, like, like, what greater evil is there than a mechanical brain that is emotionless and thinks of nothing but technology and conquest? What do you think, Dr. Corvus? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the reply. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. Um, <laughs> speaking of no strong feelings, let's introduce uh, um, the King of the Magicians, Mission of Kings. Uh, Piat, tell us about your character. Hello, I am playing uh, Captain uh, Rondo Proteus, who is a uh, career bureaucrat uh, who... Uh, realized that if he wanted to get uh, promoted he had promoted further within the bureaucracy he needed some field experience so here he is out here in the field getting his field experience which is his goal and we had a little bit of that last uh, adventure is kind of exciting uh, i'm a very by the book guy uh my motto is document the process and follow it and if you don't have a process then you have to document make a document and then follow that process also, uh, I'm wondering if uh, John Lancer uh, has been, I don't know, if he's if he's received any kind of instructional training uh, to update his skills as to the current policies and processes. So we should role play that. I scanned the documents. Uh, so they, gave him, they gave him the book. He's got the book. It's sitting in my quarters. It looks really <laughs> nice on my shelf. Right on. Yep. As long as you've memorized all the regulations, start for regulations, we're good. Yeah, and that's right. Me. <laughs> Once again, it's almost as if they assigned all the problem children to uh, Captain Proteus here, who's trying to run out his mandatory field service requirement so he can qualify for his pension. They know I'm the one who can do it. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, they have the nickname of the problem child squadron. Um, yeah, and don't, Captain Proteus had his first trial by fire as he encountered a thermionic agent and the, and the hatred within that cat's eyes as he stared at you while you kept repeatedly shooting him. Uh, that's probably going to haunt you for some time. Yeah, but luckily I can access, you know, Space Patrol counseling if I form a, fill out form THX-1138. Yeah, because we're, 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 so, we're pulp sci-fi, not new... Help me out here. So there's pulp sci-fi, which is the 30s, and there's new wave sci-fi, which shows up 
60s, but most of the 70s. What do we call the stuff that's in between? Is that Golden Age sci-fi or is that something else? I would say, yeah, Golden Age sounds good. It's probably yeah, it might be. be well, because if we're talking to Isaac Asimov, like, I like, hey, guys, who likes deep dives here? Isaac Asimov was pointing out, like, after 1950, after both Atomic Weapons and Sputnik were part of the general conversation, uh, Isaac Asimov lamented that science fiction kind of turned away from the kind of gee whiz Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon type big ideas and started getting uh, involved in, like, more realism uh, and grounded ideas which is a little weird thing to say about the 50s and the 60s if you guys have read any of that sci-fi. Well, I mean, the 40s was well, golden age for comics. I don't know if that same supplies for I kind of feel it's a transitionary period because mm-hmm. a lot of sci-fi was more into the real fictional, pulpy kind of like conjecture because it was really just people assuming what technology was going to be in the future. By the 50s with like the Manhattan Project and the space race and the jet age, there was a lot more general science in the population, so I think a lot more authors started thinking about, well, I can't just say, like, we launched cannons to sh- send people to the moon because now people know rockets and space and all that. So I think it was yeah, more of an effort and, to, like, make science fiction more science and less fiction. Which I also think is a weird thing to say because, like, this is, like, the 60s is the golden age of the comic book where atomic radiation and this mutating monsters and that kind of stuff. So it's not like it was any less fanciful. Right, so, but I mean, if you look at back then, that was always considered like the lower brow fiction. And then, like when you said, "Oh, you want to read real science fiction, you read like Ray Bradbury or Isaac Asimov or something like that." By the time you get into like the Golden yeah. Age comics, that's like kid stuff or like unintelligent people read that stuff. Um, yeah, which was a big thing back then. Like comics were not considered an intelligent form of literature. Right, and uh, and uh, uh, I mean, I'm a big old school sci-fi because uh, I'm a fan of like Heinlein and Piper which are big influences on me. But I, I got to be honest here. Like you read Heinlein and Piper, it's World War II stuff, but like, like just World War II stories, but in space. Like a lot of people, uh, if you go read Starship Troopers, which I recommend, one third of Starship Troopers is just World War II memoir. You could take all of it and just say it was a World War II memoir and you wouldn't even blink because it, it, well, yeah. everything is exactly but the same. But I mean, it's hard, it's hard to escape the fact that World War II as a cultural moment was so like stamped into the collective psyche of the world that it's kind of hard for no one to make references to world war II. right and i think I a lot that. of that that's where where i'm influenced now the 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 lead writer on this happens to be with us today that's piat uh so piat um what would you say like are your major inspirations that made you want to when you wrote up the space patrol and that sort of thing <laughs> sorry the uh the switch went off weird okay uh so okay so the first of all of course 1930s science fiction 1940s science fiction basically for the 20s to the 40s uh that period pulp era of course but also the uh the film serials was a big thing for the plotting and so on uh because the films the science big science fiction film serials started in the 30s we had buck rogers flash gordon who were actually played by the same actor curiously enough um and so you're getting a lot of like uh as you say, gosh, gee whiz, really exciting stuff. Uh, science is still a little bit outside of the realm of the common person. Like somebody my age in 1930 was born in the 19th century and probably still thinks of like telegrams as like exciting, the exciting new thing, right? Um, whereas the kids in the 1930s are, are growing up with all sorts of new thing, new opportunities. They don't yeah, you would have gone from... from yeah. If you went from 1900s, 1930s, you would have like seen the dawn of electricity. You would have seen the war yeah. of the currents 
And uh, well, actually, by 1900, the telephone was pretty much mainstream. But yeah, you would have been in that era where the telephone appeared. Uh, radio was rotting people's brains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Radio, like uh, George Orwell said in the 1930s about how everybody in England, nobody in England can eat, but everybody's got a radio. What we've lost in food, we've made up for in electricity. But the idea that now um, I kind of lost my own thread. So. <laughs> That's okay. One thing though, okay, if you want to go to the literature of the 1930s, it's a lot more, it was a lot more explicitly political in some ways. And science fiction fandom was, you know, you've got the like the left-right split nowadays, you got libertarian and like gay space Marxists on the other side, and you know, kind of the current friend. That was that that had that back then. And like fandom kept on splitting and like having rifts. Yeah. um, Um, We we could talk a lot about the fandom, but I think I'm not yeah. Thanks for reminding me that your primary inspiration is largely the serials. It's things like the Buck Rogers serial, the um, uh, the Purple Menace, mm-hmm. uh, Phantom Menace, the Purple Menace. There's the Phantom Creeps, and there's the Purple Menace. Two different series. Um, and, um, you know, that kind of uh, serial storytelling, which I think does adapt to it, of where you tune in this week to see what the Brave Space Patrol is going to do. I'm trying to remember what the, the planet colliding one that was on... Um, Mystery Science Theater, the one with Planet Ophetius or whatever. Uh, Crash of the Moons. Crash of the Moons, which I think is, is, if you only see one of these, you should go see Crash of the Moons, probably with the MST3K annotations, because that has everything. That has our, like, you know, our cast of Doddering Professor, Spunky Kid, Can-Do Hero. And stick to that. So, yes, so we would have the opening crawl, because the serials were shown in here. When last we left our heroes, then we have a still, which is like of some weird photograph with text underneath it, of Captain Rondo Proteus successfully prevented uh, the assassination uh, of uh, Sir Tede Badal, the bureaucrat uh, working for uh, the Mercury Conservatory, who is going to announce the plans for the future of mercury mining. When a group of thermionic dissidents dun, dun, dun. using their atomic powered ray guns uh, broke down the wall and came in and they were th- but fortunately the assassination was thwarted by the quick and brave actions of our heroes so uh, when we last left our heroes you had successfully tracked down the um, thermionic uh, agents uh base on mercury station and uh you'd also um uh oh and you'd you'd also have one agent who is currently uh unconscious um uh sometime during this of course is the introduction of well you know um so this is before network notes so they wouldn't come by and say you know we really need like you know uh, a, a heroic male figure for everyone to look up to. I said, what about, like, the bear here? No, no, you know, <laughs> whatever. So He's John a little Lancer too Russian written... for the network. Little Get us too... an American one. Not the right little size. Too... It doesn't have the right look. Yeah, little too. It doesn't have the right look. What do you mean by look? Moving on from the Hayes Code. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot to ask. Are we pre-Hayes Code or post-Hayes Code? I What's think... Hayes Code? Pre-Haze, I would think pre-Haze Code would be more appropriate. The Haze uh, Code was when people said movies and gangster movies were too violent. They started the rule that, uh, okay, okay, yeah, 
Uh, it's like the guys, you know, can't have naked people, but also like they went too far the other way. You got to have one foot on the floor whenever anyone's yeah, kissing. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Like couples couldn't be in the same bed even if they were married. Uh, dude, yeah. I think we did disintegrate somebody last session, didn't we? Dr. Corvus. Here. We did. We did, but he was, he was bad. We're still right paying fines, I'm sure. So that wouldn't be okay for, for pre or post haze. Uh, Do we have any uh, here? The world's smallest nuclear missile. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, so uh, you still have the agent, and unfortunately the agent is in a coma, which of course makes you wonder, Captain Proteus, do you think he should be, uh, do you think your unconscious uh, person should be submitted to the hypnoprobe? It, it, that depends. Is that part of, is that like policy? Do I have to do, is, is that like within the parameters of, of space patrol guidelines for for dealing with unconscious uh it totally isn't then it isn't it completely isn't because they, because the hypnoprobe is not even uh, a space patrol device you see the martians when they capture people would go ahead and submit them to the hypnoprobe revolutionary which of course would read your mind and in fact it's theorized that the thermionic people have the same technology but of course it could submit your brain to such powerful electricity that if improperly calibrated it could destroy your brain and submit you to the most horrible agony possible it's um how it's not space patrol equipment it's martian equipment and you happen to have a martian with you Dr. Quasar, can you can you tell me? Do you do you think that this would be an appropriate situation for the hypnoprobe? Do you want it to be? Damn it, man! I want your I want your expert opinion. In my expert opinion, it could be if you want it to be. <laughs> He's immoral. He'll do anything. <laughs> Is there precedent? Uh, like, can I make an academics role or something? To uh, why don't you go ahead? So you... Captain Proteus, you immediately uh, you submit yourself to the books. You immediately make a role of mind and academics. Right on. Because the doctors can't tell you when they wake up. He suffered a lot of radiation, which, as you know, can put people into comas. Oh, oh sorry, I, I, I accidentally put on the uh, yeah the bonus on that, but it's. Uh... Uh, what's your favorite use of academics? No, it should just be, so there's, there's a, uh, I think those are bonuses there. Hold on. Favorite use of academics, uh, mind pro precedents. I'll just, I'll just take the first two dice, so it's eight and one. Uh, you accidentally put an exclamation point on the end. If you put an exclamation point on the end, it means it's, it's, it's Rollmaster style. So stop rolling like Rollmaster. I know you love Rollmaster. <laughs> I'm not trying stop to. I don't know, I don't even know where it keeps showing up. <laughs> okay. Um... Oh, if you're if you're pushing the but are you pushing the buttons to do it? Yes, I am. But are you using the advanced die roller? Uh, I think. I'm yeah, make sure. Uh, um, yeah, there's uh, an option in there. Yeah, the advanced die rolling where it says none. exploding set that to none. Okay, everybody take notes here. The captain here, when he was in charge, had an option for exploding. He had it turned off. Maybe <laughs> the captain should not have the mind probe in his hands. What's wrong with little so to let the immoral metal machine have it? Hey, did you man did you read the training manual for that device? To to, to repeat, um, Piat, you rolled a one, which means you can evoke the favored use role if you used your favorite use of academics. 
I'm assuming that your favorite use of academics is law and bureaucracy. Absolutely. So you may re-roll one one. Go ahead and re-roll roll another D8 for me. Ooh, Two success. Nice. Okay. The hypnoprobe is banned by Space Patrol. Um, uh, it's considered, uh, I mean, you know, by the by by the Neo Geneva Convention. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, uh, it was used during the atrocities of the atomic wars. And like we said, it, it has a chance that it could do lasting or irreparable damage. Yeah. And as I'm leaning over your shoulder, I'm like, hey, how about that? It's illegal, too. Um, <laughs> we could absolutely not use this. This is a Okay. And, and what we tried, tested, and has failed. So yep. no, no hypnoprobes. I refuse. Okay. And what was your motto again, Captain Proteus? Uh, document the process and follow it. <laughs> Okay. So I, I looked at the documented process and I'm following it. Now, well, I mean, if somebody were to like go behind my back and run a hypno probe without me knowing about it, well, then I mean, I obviously that's out of my hands. But is well, that what you want me to do, Captain? Here, back? But you character here would have absolutely no feelings of guilt or remorse in doing anything from a purely rational and logical point of view. Gee, I don't know. Okay. So, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> you, you confer with the Mercury Station people, and they say, "Yeah, this person." Uh, you know, suffered a lot of violence and stuff like that. We'll, we can call you when they come out, but you know, you're, you know, we would recommend uh, that you're vigil. We don't know if this person will ever recover. We don't even know what sort of bizarre conditioning the Thermionic Empire had done to this poor individual to make them forsake life and liberty uh, and pursue a, a path of decadent violence. Those electronic fiends. So you rendezvous uh, with the rest of your crew. Uh, you, well, you last session you uh, you found the secret radio that the agent was using to converse with the Thermionic Empire and successfully got that to work. So you still have that. Uh, you also still have the sheaf of papers uh, that uh, Professor Hazelstotz. How is that pronounced? I'll say Professor. Yeah, Professor Hazelstoff, uh dumped off on you. We had how do we we think we had uh, reviewed the paperwork last time and that it was talking about the, the ability to make a, a really terrible device out of radiogenic radiogenic material. Yes, it's it, well, uh, yeah, but you didn't uh, you couldn't find enough information. Uh, like you think it's a device, but a, a lot of it went over even your Martian's head. So you were thinking maybe you should confer. You could confer with another scientific expert. You could. Um, submit the report to Space Patrol and possibly get it lost in bureaucracy or, or, or they might never care. Uh, you could uh, fly the Thermionic Empire's planet and wage a one-man, or sorry, a one-squad war against them. Uh, or you could do something I haven't mentioned. Um, today, Badal, uh, I know his name is Today. Uh, today, Badal, it's French. Uh, has rescheduled his meeting for uh, the conference for tomorrow. So you guys, uh, I, I guess, do you just want to hang around and wait for his the next day? Yeah, we'll wait for today, tomorrow. Uh, I okay. think we were thinking about <laughs> investigating the uh, company, though, the mining company, Martian Mining Corporation, MMC, weren't we? I'm also curious about yeah. Maybe we should go check in with uh, the Fox uh, lady who gave us these things. Who gave us these papers. Uh, because apparently, 
Yeah, apparently she's on. Uh, I mean, she was on Mer uh, Mercury Station. You could go look into her. Uh, Captain, do you want to do that yourself? Do you want to take some people with you, or do you want to order some people to do it? Um, well, I've already met that. with her ones. Yeah, maybe I'll do that myself, and then we can get uh, uh, some other folks. Maybe want to go look up, um, meet with another scientist. Does, does anybody like? Does anybody have a preference for like going to look for the going to investigate the mining core, coming with me, or doing science stuff? Well, with the mining core, we have our uh, dead scientist who was replaced by the Thermionic Empire. Right. And so if we go ahead and follow his steps back to the MMC, then maybe we could see if something is happening over there relatedly because he would have had access to that as well. Um, I've already made a couple of passes at our dear scientist. Uh, I wouldn't mind meeting her again. I, I think you made a positive. Um, yeah. Mm hmm uh impressions yeah. so yeah okay well i think maybe boris and i should go then and would anyone else like to come with us or would would others like to investigate other angles uh i'll tag along with you two oh, good okay. we'll go drinking together let me grab your tokens real quick uh sorry i haven't had a new map prepared yet so let's see how come i can't see your name because that's a two-step process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Do we have a token for Lancer yet? Yes, I do. I gave him a character sheet, which means he can make his own token. That's right. Here it is. Mm -hmm. If I could drag his freaking name up. So did one of you, there you go. give yourself the name of a emoji? That wasn't me. Uh, yeah, was my token. yeah, you need to change your token's name. Yeah, so, and uh, no, no one checks. No, no one checks. Show. We have no control. Like, only you do. I just, ha I just did right. It yeah, only Not you can do that. that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. We can hand enter the names. Yeah, you need to change we... your. Uh, well, you need to change your. Uh, go ahead and uh, Arcloid. Go ahead and change. There we go. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. So, uh, team uh, team professor is going to be Boris, and who else? And Proteus. And me, yep, yep. Proteus and the captain. And you're going to send Lancer, the person who knows nothing of how commerce has changed in the last uh, 30 years, and Ralph, a career criminal, to the corporate offices. That that seems like a reasonable thing. I see uh, no problem with that. <laughs> I could also go I to the corporate office. Probably offices. not that bad, because corporate law probably <laughs> hasn't changed that much in the last 30 or 40 years. It's all be I, mean, I am I am good at negotiation. And he is also a good negotiator. I am a good negotiator, even though and I, I guess somehow, somehow, despite the fact that he's been in in suspended animation for the last fifty years, he talked himself into a ranking position of the space patrol. Well, the space patrol, man, I just have a way with words. Oh, uh, what did you pick as your um anachronistic object? Uh, it's a it's actually a pinstripe suit from from back in my day. Nice. Okay. So yeah, when I'm not in my space suit, when I'm not in my space jumpsuit, I wear a three-piece pinstripe suit, and everyone else is wearing like future fashion. Fancy. <laughs> and I'm um, like, oh, and I still have like the fedora hat and everything. And I'm like, a proper gentleman always has to wear a hat, and I'm like, I don't understand why nobody wears a hat anymore. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I guess by the looks of it, Corvus, you're you want to come with us, or? Oh, yeah, I have sure. no plans. 
one way or the other. So wherever the captain yeah, is, I guess. Uh, to make it simpler, I think you'd probably send Corvus to go talk to the professor because he might be the only person who understands anything. I that mean, you said. unless you were giving me some sort of weird directive to make the chair that you didn't want me to make. Okay, so the um, uh, team professor, you have to go find the professor. Uh, I'm going to suggest that's going to be roles of mind and questioning. Did anyone get local knowledge of of uh, uh, Estelle Station from? Ooh, last ooh year? I did. I believe you all did. Um, the only person I'm looking at is Dr. Corvus, who might have already sold it back. It's already slipped my mind. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that's what I'm going to suggest it, is it would be uh, mind questioning and a bonus D10 for your local area knowledge, as I misspell everything. Because uh, Captain, do you have you questioning? Know... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I do indeed have questioning, yes. Okay. What is it? I will assist you. Uh, I have a questioning of D6. Okay. I don't help at all. <laughs> One moment. Wow. I will enter in my things here. Just a minute. Everything Night seems upside quick. down compared to this map. Night comes quickly on Mercury Station. And then day is here. Just I forget how long the day is on Mercury. Very long. Oh, I mean, you'd want to live on the... It's uh... tidally locked, you, yeah. I, I recall you described it's it. It's on the one-third resonance with its orbit. You'd want to live on the equator between night and uh, day anyway. Keep the uh, temperature balanced. Um, a, length of a, a length of a Mercury day is 58 days, 15 hours, 30 minutes. Okay. Well, with three successes, it's not that hard because you go, let's see, if I was a professor, I'd be living frugally. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking up details on Howard Johnson recently. So here we are at the Howard Johnson on Mercury. Ah, I'm so old. Um, uh, no, actually, um, Hasselstoff, uh, yeah, would, uh, um, uh, made accommodations at the hotel. Coincidentally, in fact, after you make some inquiries about asking if anyone's seen her and you use your space drill, plus also you have authority, right? You actually are an authority, right, Captain Proteus? That is correct, yes. I have a right. so when you flash your badge and say it's a matter of security, people will actually talk to you. Uh, so, um, but... Your path for looking for her goes back to the same hotel where you discovered the um, the agent uh, because she's in a different room in the same hotel. Dun dun dun! Now, is there like is there more than one hotel? <laughs> uh, let's see. Not on Mercury Station is pretty small, so uh, I would say no. There pretty much is only one commercial hotel. But there, but there are the mining consortium places have their own uh, have their own accommodations. So interesting that she doesn't seem to live here then. Uh, no, uh, in fact, uh, you don't. She is not. Well, there are no citizens of Mercury. This is an outpost. Uh, in fact, your increase. You have three successes, right? Uh, okay, so. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Okay. So actually, Dr. Hasselstoff uh, is from Luna University. She's a. Well, actually, there is no Luna University. The Luna actually isn't populated. So, no. She's actually uh, a professor uh, who used to be uh, at um, Shirzy. Uh, Jersey Empire University. 
But after you make a couple phone calls, uh, you know, looking for while your agents are combing phone books and stuff like that, uh, Professor Osselstop has taken a leave of absence from uh, the university. So she's actually not a practicing professor. She's actually been gone for two years, which isn't that weird, but it's kind of like her sabbatical ran out a year ago. So effectively, she's been fired. Okay, interesting. Um, and you have three successes. So you using your keen bureaucratic interest, you know, instincts, you know, also your minions, uh, make another couple of phone calls because, you know, long distance phone calls from Mercury to, to Earth. Uh, yeah, actually, I think all you would find out was that, uh, yeah, she went on a sabbatical um, and there uh, she shows up as a person of interest uh in a couple other uh thermionic cases but you'd actually have to requisition those case files interesting okay who knows how long those will take to get here well you could requisition them and sent the mercury or you could go to earth or the moon yourself in your rocket ship and look them up yourself why don't we i, I would suggest i'd say we put in a put in a requisition and then talk to them first uh okay and then, so you put and then yeah so you put in a requisition. Okay. Um, I'm not going to make you make a roll of mine in academics because you have, you know, with your administrative skills, you fill out the requisition form. I stand in line and. <laughs> and then you wander off to go, to go look at the hotel. Uh, I assume you're just going to be casual. You're not going to do any weird preparations or get any atomic weapons before you go there. No, nothing strange. Uh, Dr. Corvus, do you have any preparations you need to make? I mean, I already have uh, atomic weapons. Yeah, and um, I think your and your gadget guy is full, so you don't actually have any issues, do you? No. Um, what uh, what planet was she from? Earth, you said. Yeah, she's from Earth. Yeah, the problem she's... with trying to detect uh, thermionics yeah, from Earthlings is that they're the same, basically. Uh, yeah. And Piat, help me out here. Are we using Earthling for people from Earth? Because we're using like Venusian and Martian. Yep, given given all the the different species, like all the different like you know, like, species, earthling. Cats and raccoons. I'm just saying earthling. Yeah, we're not going to have like Marslings or Plutolings or anything. If like you that. want to, you have Marslings. Well, I mean, isn't uh, nationality is different from species, right? Plutonians. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but wouldn't you be an Earthian if you're from Earth? I'm happy with the term Earthian as well. I think I use Earthling in the book. Earther, Earthoid. So then, would you just become a Martian then? In fact, it's been pointed out. Sci-fi, the typical sci-fi is Earther. Yeah. Or uh, Earthling, you can go... Earthling or Earther? Earthling or Earther, I think we'll go with. It's been pointed out to me that technically somebody from Venus is a venereal. So... <laughs> no, be a Marsling. Usually it's Venusian. I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm from my, my province is called Ontario, so I'm technically an Ontarioian. That is the official term, Ontarioian. Ontarioian. <laughs> um... Okay, so you saunter off to go do some legwork, and Captain Proteus is actually going to come with you. Uh, what is she? What species is she? Uh, Hasselstoff, she is a fox. Could I make a detector to detect foxes? A fox detector? Uh, you could. It's just a wolf in a pinstripe suit that his eyes bug out whenever he sees one. Yeah. <laughs> you make an earthling, or that. I was about to say, you make an earthling detector and then lower the gain. The foxometer is off the charts. Yeah, I would like uh, to try and make a uh, fox detector. Okay, go ahead and roll. Preferably not a station. Okay, bring her here. Okay, is that enough for uh, a kid? Add 
one utility mod to an outfit, so or two utility mods to a kit. Yep. So what do you want? Do you want a, do you want a box that detects it, or do you want an outfit that detects it? Yeah, I'll add it to my outfit. Okay. <laughs> so you turn a look at Piat Fox content twenty percent. Not a match. Well, I mean it's helpful in a crowd. Okay. What does a fox detector look like? Is it like a big monocle or something? Well, I mean, it has to be of the era, so it's probably a box with like a, a rotating satellite dish on it. Well, it's part of your outfit, so I would think it's like... Yeah, it's well, I imagine it's like... Part of my outfit to me is like uh, straps coming over the shoulders, box in my chest, rotating thing. I love how like the two of you guys are showing up like... We're a big, handsome space agent we're going to talk to. And with you is this giant guy with a probe. Beep, check, story checks out. We brought our mobile satellite with us. <laughs> but meanwhile, okay, so Lancer and Summers uh, go to check up on the mining consortium. What skills do you have that are useful in finding out what uh, corporations are up to? I have negotiation in academics. So that, I, you could go and ask to you know to see some people and look through their records. That would be completely appropriate. So, uh, what about your uh, and what about your wingman? I just have the academics. I'm more of a hands-on kind of guy. Okay, so uh, using your credentials as space patrol, uh, the Mercury Mining Consortium is, of course, here. Uh, um, representing corporate interests who want to go ahead and get Masrium rights to Mercury. Mercury, uh, as far as prospecting can tell, is the biggest uh, resource for Masrium, which is one of the key components in Spaceship. Uh, if they can successfully petition that the Mercurians are not uh, a sentient species, uh, you know, they could exploit the whole place. So that's a thing. Gotcha. Uh, so you can know that with no successes at all. So you will go to the building itself and, and talk to the polite receptionist and I guess try to gain access. I'd like you to make a role of mind and negotiation. Oh, sorry. Will and negotiation because this is going to be a lot of uh, forcefulness. Oh, I was hoping it was mind. Uh, you discover early on that your charms are not, but hey, that's still two success. Uh, yeah, that's still two successes. Uh, Ralph, are you gonna like lay low, or are you also going to like you know say, hey, "Pretty please, can we get in?" Well, unless I could use my local area knowledge, I have no help here. Uh, unfortunately, so, Mercury Mining back. Uh, is a yeah is not local, so you're just gonna hang back. Okay, well, so Lancer, go ahead and uh, when uh, the pretty cat receptionist, uh, you know, talks to you, what sort of charm do you put on them to get them? Well, of course, I come in like you don't recognize me, like as the guy they thought out of the ice a few years back. You remember John oh, Lancer, true? space pioneer? That's a real war hero. Wow, yeah. you have stories of the atomic wars and how you thought of. I forget like, who the bad guys were in the Atomic Wars. We can yeah, do you have bad guys in the war, or is it just everybody agreed it was a bad idea? The bad guys were just, you know, it turned out that Earth Earthers were the real monsters kind of thing. Yeah. Turns out we were the real monsters. <laughs> so, I'm so glad um, you fought us, the real monsters. 
He was like, yeah, I remember back when there was no outpost here, and I used to sling past those mountains over there, fighting the enemies. Well, that's actually totally crap, because you never actually left Earth, but... But, you know, she doesn't know that. <laughs> no. Uh, well, um, yeah, so she'll... Uh, uh, and you want to know... What do you want to know about our records? Well, I mean out of character, what are we here to look for? Like, what are we trying to find from the corporation? Because I'm still not 100% clear. One of their scientists is dead and was replaced by a thermionic spy. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're trying to find records as to when exactly that happened, so we're just trying to find records on this scientist. Okay, yeah, and I... maybe he came back and messed with stuff. I can't remember. And, and I apologize. What name did I give you for the spy? Because I'm looking through my notes. I can't find it real quick. Did you guys write it down? Sorry, I, I don't think he okay. really had a name. I'm gonna go with John Q. Spy here. John Q. Sorry. Spy. No, no, I'm gonna go with John Quisling. There we go. John Quisling. So you were looking up Dr. Quisling. So you want to know what happened with Dr. Quisling? Uh, she happily takes you back to, and even though this is like, uh, yeah. So they have all modern record systems. They have it all on the Memex system, which is a microfish system that uh, you can go ahead and operate. Operating this system, of course, would be a role of mind and academics. Gotcha. Okay. With an extra D12 if you have the research, which I don't think you guys have. Nope, I don't have research, but I do okay. have a pretty decent mind. mind and you seem mind. like nice, polite people in the Space Patrol, so of course we'll let you look through all this. And I will be assisting him since I know the modern stuff better than he does, but he has the better academics probably. So okay. Well, now, I've got the eight and uh, my mind of the eight. So, all right. So the assistant role, the assistant rolls, and if he can score at least one four or better, he will give a bonus D eight to uh, John Lancer. The good news is crime hasn't changed that much in the last fifty years. I think that's two successes. Okay. So well, that's one D eight. Yep. So that's a, a bonus. Uh, so that's mind academics and a bonus D eight for John Lancer. This works. Okay. okay. So you start looking through the records uh, to see when, uh, you know, this, uh, because this guy had forged credentials for Dr. Quisling. Um, and at first, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, actually, it doesn't uh, really matter that much. Ra uh, Ralph, do you have the Streetwise? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you would, I, I should have let you roll that because Streetwise is experts in all sorts of crimes, including forgery and impersonation. Oh, well, and, should I, or is my role there good enough? Two successes is pretty much enough. Uh, and like I said, most of what you're saying is looking for the irregularities. Um, mostly, uh, yeah, like stuff that Lancer, both you and Lancer can see that uh, most of the records here are microfish. That is, they've been photographed from paper records uh, and then put on very tiny little film because it's a retro future. But e both of you can see telltale signs of uh, doctoring. Cutting and pasting. Yeah, I remember cutting back in the atomic wars, they used to do this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm not really the answer. <laughs> that works fine. Um. No, I'm, I'm just joking. Right. So you can see uh, that this is an expert forgery and uh, possibly would have fooled uh, some of uh, the experts. While you're working on this, someone comes into the records room to come talk to you. It is a short possum fellow wearing a very nice suit. Uh, 
not as nice as Lancer's, but more fashionable up to date. He says, what's going on here? My secretary's, uh, the secretary's informed me that uh, there are space patrol agents in here. That's right. Astro patrol business. You guys are space patrol agents? He says, looking at the two of you. I show my badge. Yes, sir. Story checks out. Well, I'm sorry. This is uh, highly improper that you should have uh, uh, the way you've uh, gone past normal security. It's a it's a matter of uh, planetary security. And I, yes. and, I, and I give him a half-lidded cat look like, do you need anything else? I do. Ma- uh, uh, after the irregularity we had, I almost lost my life uh, yesterday uh, at, at that horrible raid. How come you, if your space patrol agents are so great, why couldn't you prevent that sort of tragedy from happening? Uh, actually, we did kind of prevent that tragedy from happening, and that's why we're here. So if you stop interrupting us, me and my, and I point back to, uh, I hope homeboy back here is kind of looking a little bit rougher than I am, my uh, associate here, to continue on our work, and we can keep Earth safe from ev- from every threat. Yes, we're afraid right. you've let a uh, Talarian agent into your midst. And... Thermian. Thermian. What? Oh, it's Thermian. Actually, the Thermionic Empire is on the planet of Teluria, and at okay. this, the the executive guy goes, "What? That's absurd. We have a rigorous background check uh, process in all of this. You can see everything is up uh, up to date." Except right here, sir. Yeah, we start pointing out. Like, yeah, when you look at this page right here, you can clearly see this was doctored. And then you scroll over and you can see right here, this was clearly cut out and changed over. And, like, it's it's understandable that you guys in the future, you know, being that you're all so goody-goody nice and on the honor code and all, couldn't pick up this kind of stuff. But back in the day, this kind of stuff used to happen all the time. It takes an expert hand to get, get this kind of forgery done. This is definitely the work of a secret agent. Gasp, that is terrible news, he says, with a look of uh, a blank-eyed possum stare. Uh, uh, Is there any way uh, for me to check if he's uh, lying or not? That would be questioning and, I believe, mind. Or how about observation? Can I use my observation? There wrote where you can just say, I'll just take one success for every two days. Uh, So unless you want to roll, he actually looks sincere for, like, you know, just a casual observation. So... um, but yeah, he'll say like, well, you know, this is terrible because uh, if there are thermionic, uh, uh, a fifth column uh, inserted in, into our expedition, like our entire bid here is that we want to bid on Masrium mining rights. If you've got evidence of, um, uh, you know, foreign espionage agents infiltrating, they'll never give us the contract because we're not secure. Right. So I guess it would be in your best interest to just let us poke our little head in here without officially asking for like warrants and subpoenas and official inquiries and all that bit. Because doesn't our boss say there's like like four or five different paperwork that we got to fill out to get all that started and all that? And I just figured we just come down here and just look at a couple of pictures and just figure it out. I don't know. What do you think? Please let me go ahead and assist you. Uh, Let me give you my card. My name is Brack Winson. Brack Winston, nice to meet you. Yes, uh, I represent uh, the you know, Winston Medals, who is part of the consortium, uh, and I'm also a voting emeritus uh, member. Uh, uh, on, uh, basically, I'm very extremely important. I mean, he says it better than I do because I'm in a rush here. 
putting his thing, you know, fingers in his lapels. So, gotcha. not only that guy, they're showing pictures of Brack. So, uh, uh, gotcha. Nice to meet you. My name is uh, my name is uh, John Lancer. Yes, I already took your badge names, uh, Lancer and um, Summers here. Uh, if there's anything I can do to assist you uh, in your criminal investigation, please let me know, as the Thermionic Empire represents a threat to all money and commerce everywhere. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Defending freedom and prosperity throughout the solar system. So you're saying this, uh, this John Quisling was actually a fifth column agent the entire time. I've never met the man, uh, but I can see... Uh, um, not the yeah. entire time. He was replaced by an agent. Yeah, it says you've got the form here where he actually managed to secure an invitation all the way to this meeting. Gasp, he would have uh, flown up with us from uh, Earth itself to come here. Ah, to shudder to think he could have assassinated any one of us. This is terrible news indeed. Absolutely terrifying. That's why we're here. Now, well, if you don't mind, we're going to do some more investigating. If we need anything, we'll make sure to let you know before we take it. And I well, go back to the microfiche. <laughs> right. Well, you'll do some more research and you'll find out that, uh, I mean, Quisling would have been murdered on Earth. Uh, the, like the real guy would have been murdered way back on Earth. So you'd have to actually go to Earth to give closure. You could file a report and have some other space patrol agents look into it. Uh, you could go to Earth to investigate it yourself or do something else. All right. So that's what we found out. Died on Earth. Replaced by a Thermian. Yep. So the good news is it wasn't Quisling himself. The other four guys who showed up, you also, while you're here, do some di no, digging, but they didn't really have any ID on them. Uh, um, uh, you think uh, from some of the records that Quisling here imported, uh, he may have doctored some... Uh, uh, not only are his records doctored, but you start doing looking up cross-referencing things in the same time frame, and you can find some other passenger tickets of where these other four people came from. Uh, everyone, uh, all those agents probably came from Earth. Okay, so we've identified four. It, put it in a report, and it's not very interesting. Okay, so we found four Thermian agents out, the three besides Quislin. Yeah, because because uh, yeah, you you weren't here for that, but there were five people who attacked. Four of them just did obvious, and Quisling was a plant in the audience that, while they were distracted, was going to murder everybody. Gotcha. Okay. So, basically, I figured out how they managed to sneak themselves onto this meeting. Okay. So, I'm going to go ahead and switch gears while you're doing all of that. Uh, you guys uh, go to the hotel with your bargain and his giant fox detector. Um, yeah, and you can ask at the front desk and flash uh, um, a... Uh, you know, your ID, um, and uh, the manager will take you to, uh, I guess, room number 23 um, and unlock the door for you. Does anyone answer if we knock first, though? Oh, that's right. You want to knock first. No one answers when you knock. Mm, okay. Then we'll get the manager to open the door. Uh, he enters, and it looks like a clean motel room. Uh, it looks like it's been turned down, and um, uh, there's no evidence that anyone has ever been here. Dr. Corvus, can you detect any sign of fox molecules here? Immediately. 
That's going to be a roll of mind and observation and add your gizmos breakdown dice. Meanwhile, the noxious cat appears. Is the mic picking him up? Yep, a little bit. A little bit. It's urban yeah. jungle. It's fitting. Do you have a favorite use of observation yet? I do not. Do you want to take with my gizmos? Yes. <laughs> I think you would. Go ahead and roll, re-roll one one. Because your mind's what? D eight? D six. D six. D six. Oh, I would have thought. Ah, still not a success. All right. Oh yeah, no, uh, I always go down on the uh... The species and the career or whatever. Those are my first. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but yes, after sweeping the place, uh, the place may have been turned down, but of course, you know, you will, uh, uh, it hasn't been like vacuumed or bleached. There is evidence of fox dander. There was a fox here. Yeah, oh, I mean, if they were still supposed to be here, then I have to wonder turned down for what? <laughs> Oh gosh, the whole building's shaking suddenly. I'm so, oh, I'm so glad we have cameras. You can see me grow. Actually, also with two successes, not only when you're, um, uh, you know, looking at the place, it looks clean, too clean. Uh, I mean, uh, like uh, there's stuff missing from uh, like the 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 bathroom has been cleaned, all this kind of stuff, and the. You can ask the guy at the front desk, and we'll say, like, well, there's somebody living here. So, uh, I mean, there's like no sign of any luggage or anything, but there's signs that, that they were here. But he'll also say, like, to my knowledge, she hasn't checked out. So it's it's been super cleaned, but uh, not too cleaned, is what you're saying. You have two successes. The dander that you would find is uh, there is also an impression on the floor. Uh, and you will find droplets of iron-based blood. You think the, the reason why the signature of a fox is bigger here is there might have been a struggle and someone tried to clean it up, but failed to defeat the micronic sensation of, you know, senses of your fox detector. Which species of the solar system are not do not have iron-based blood? Mercurians. Just Mercurians? Um... Well, the xenoliths, who are, but those are energy beings. Um, oh, I, I think the Plutonians are silicon-based. So, mm-hmm. did you say we found iron? We found iron-based blood. Well, I'm oh, joking. Oh. The Martians but, uh, are the are the Martians carbon-based. The Martians are carbon-based, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, because the Martians would have that. No, I'm just being like techno babble. No, right. not, it's 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 not only blood; it's fox blood. Okay, fox blood. So it looks like there was a struggle here, but some people cleaned it up. There's fox uh, blood, but there's not not fox blood. I, I'm over speaking. Not only is there sign, signs of fox dander, there's also signs that a fox was thrown to the floor with rough force. No, no, sorry. I'm just trying to double circulate the the evidence here that there's not other blood here that's not fox blood. Like if there was a struggle, the other participant in the struggle did not get Bleed. injured in there's any no significant way. Yeah. In other words, only the fox bled, no one else bled. There's no other. You will, the professor didn't pull a knife. You will find two other, uh, sorry, three other samples. Uh, but you would have to take these back to the lab to identify them because you only have a fox detector. Right. I mean, I can without a doubt say that this sample, not fox. <clears throat> yeah. 
one fox sample, three other people here weren't foxes, There and all of it was here, implying there was a struggle where people were getting tossed around and ejecting fluids. Three people, four Violet people were here, four. one was a fox, three Can others were not foxes. Mm-hmm. Can we... And I'll turn to the manager at this point, I think, actually, and say, when, do you know the last time that she checked back into her room at all? I'm a busy man. I manage the only motel on all of Mercury. Uh, you know, I don't sit here and monitor people's ins and outs. Well, you, show me who was working here yesterday, then. Shrug. I don't know what you guys expect from me. Bunch of bureaucrats making it difficult for us working class people. I'll make it even more difficult. If it doesn't... <laughs> ah! Paperwork is the foundation of a civilized society, sir. <laughs> I'm... Oh, I'm going to live out in oh. the wilderness by the time I'm done with you, Captain. <laughs> I love you guys. Um, Dr. Corvus. Dr. Corvus is with us, yes? Can your, can your device track uh, the, can you track the, the, you know, the, the missing fox? Does I would assume that the device would be able to, you know, if I can find a trail of dander, then I can... Well, the, the trail would lead outside into the Mercury uh, climate-controlled uh, station. So uh, possibly uh, it is a uh, you could try, you know, tracking them using ascent, especially now that you have that identified. So do you guys want to start walking through the streets like a bloodhound with your Martian guy here and this giant probe? My fox divining rod. I think if you think you can pull it off or one of us could stay behind and try questioning the staff. Well, I was going to say Boris wanted to question the staff. (laughs) Okay. Uh, well, if we're going to split up in this manner, then I, I would like... Should we split up further, or should we just talk to the staff first and then use the fox detector? Because it's clearly... Well, she's been taken, and she's been, probably been gone for hours. So she's probably not, like, you know, we're not going to find her, like, going down an alleyway. So your estimation yeah, is that time question. is not a factor. In, in fact, you guys are, like, at... Um, I mean, going by a 24-hour day, which has arbitrarily been applied to Mercury Station, this is, like... You guys are, like, 1, 2 a.m. Right. Time, you are correct. Time is of the essence. All right, Boris, you should go talk to the uh, the hotel staff. Okay, um, so Boris Dr. is going to... The chase is afoot. Okay, is a chase. so Boris, you will roll your... Since you guys are in a hurry, Boris, you will roll your speed questioning and a bonus D12 if you have local knowledge. Um, Proteus, you can roll your mind observation and local knowledge to assist... Uh, and Dr. Corvus, you will roll your mind observation and a bonus D8 because you already know what DNA and stuff you're looking well, Despite, DNA like despite the fact yeah. that I did bring up time as a fact, how long yeah. does it typically take me to put a device together? Uh, usually in the rules, it's a single action. Right, so could I put together a device, some sort of truth-detecting device to aid uh, Boris? You- you could make a de- you could make a lie detector device that would give Boris a bonus, and it would be a uh, you basically a breakdown die that tries to detect lies. The same as a detector of a two D ten breakdown, right? Uh, let me see. That's what a de- uh, detector. Uh, yeah, I, I would. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I would think a lie detector should be a little like like the detector device is in there for plot device purposes, like what we're doing right now. I would think a lie detector would only be like a one D ten. Sure. Well, I'll try to make one anyway. Okay. Pull a bunch of shit out of my sacks. Yep, five successes. Okay. So, is it a kit or an outfit? It'd be a kit. I mean, 
There's no reason okay. I'm not going to build a lie detector into his outfit. Okay. Uh, congratulations. Um, you have a you have a lie detector that is a burden that you carry around with you. It gives you a polygraph, Boris. Do you take it? Uh, yeah, I'll take it. It's the coercion okay. table. Take it. Yeah. And uh, how much die does that add for me? Uh, the polygraph. Well, I'm gonna um. Since this is a like, I can easily see this as a thing that people will give uh, out a lot. So I don't know. I think like a I think a D eight breakdown die is appropriate for this. D eight. Okay. Let's go ahead and hit it. Okay. I got so a four. Um. And what did you roll for your? Uh, speed I got weapon? one success before, so now I'm up to two. Okay. So we will talk to you like you have this like thing you're holding as a suitcase, like boo. Um. Uh, and you will canvas uh, staff, and uh, it's a good thing that you have a lie detector mm-hmm. because you talk to various people, and they say they hadn't seen anything uh, until you get to this one guy who, um, let's see, uh, until you get to this one uh, otter guy who looks totally stone faced, but there's something about the polygraph that says that his pulse rate is high. Uh, and that he's emitting sweat pheromones. You're holding back on me. You wouldn't ah! want to hold back on me, would you? Weird thing. I mean, okay, look. Um, you know, uh, I normally don't make it my business because you know, uh, um, I'm not actually here on a proper work visa, so I didn't want to get anything. But yeah, I saw some people come by, uh, and I heard a noise. But uh, when I came by to check on it, uh, there were like a bunch of people. Uh, and they gave me some uh, cash and just told me to leave, and I did. I ain't here to ruin your life over it, but you should have reported that anyway. And I'll just sort of like leaning in further, and I was like, tell me who they were. Describe them, and I'll shake the information out of them. Ah! Well, you have two successes. So he'll say, uh, uh, well, one of of them I remember pretty clearly, because he didn't have any arms. He was a snake. (sighs) Gasp. Terrifying uh, snakes. I knew it. All the lot of them. Uh and one of them was a pretty nasty looking guy, like some kind of dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the uh you know, because I remember that because that dog guy, he looked right at me and he it was like like ugh. I mean I've seen some pretty you know, I've seen the dark void of space, but his eyes were darker. Ugh. They, they passed me a sawbill and said, get, you know, you didn't see nothing. And I told them that you're not going to report me to the space patrol and get me evicted from this job. Are you? I've, I've got like, you know, a wife and a kid that I know about to feed. Nah, I ain't here to, to ruin your life or nothing. Stay out get of that, trouble though. That device Don't isn't radioactive. From strangers either. <laughs> yeah. That probe isn't radioactive, is it? it only slightly. <laughs> only slightly. <laughs> hey, my watch stopped. Uh, oh, right. Here, take this iodine pill. <laughs> Meanwhile, wandering through the streets with their bizarre probe in front of them, how is uh, the science patrol doing? We get a bunch of successes. So, uh, Yeah, how many did you get? Sorry, there's a lot of backstroll for me to read. Uh, I got four. You got four, and you're the assistant, right? Or are you the main guy? I'm assuming I'm, I'm guessing with the assistant because Dr. Corvus is going along with his. Uh, okay, so Dr. And, or, and you're just a regular assistant, not a team player, right, Piat? There's a gift in the game called team player. Uh, yes, I'm just a regular assistant. Uh, okay. You had given me a list of dice to roll, and I rolled them. Okay, well, excellent. Dr. Corvus, you get a bonus uh, D8. 
you will regret this decision. Two successes. Oh, uh, I am you. using my thing, yeah, so... You are using a gadget. Ooh. Did not help. Two successes. You should have You should have taken the lead, Captain. You can always start personality at it, too, if it really matters. I you don't care are... enough for that. I'm emotionless. You're basically trying to dog track her scent, and of course, the compromise is, like, there are, like, ducted fans and, you know, more than Brazil, the movie here, because this is, you know... Uh, a station built into a crater on Mercury. Um, uh, so you guys do a lot of, you know, backtracking and stuff because you're tracking by scent uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, and, um, yeah, you, like, wander around some of the busy uh, streets and, um, you know, past a lot of air conditioners. And you meander kind of pointlessly for, for a while uh, and eventually it's like the path kind of leads towards the spaceport, but other than leads towards the spaceport, you don't get a lot more information. Unfortunately, a lot of it uh, has been scrubbed. That said, mm-hmm. suddenly you could talk to Boris who has more information. Yeah. Boris will, uh, end up calling them in or catching up with them. Well, you guys don't actually have radios because, uh, radios are not default equipment in this game. Yeah, no, the Tracy watch communicators. You know what? I guess I should start making them. Yeah, you have to build those. (laughs) The two way wrist radios, you have to build those. This is retro future. This is when you have to go to your console and fire it up, and then the telescreen goes in and say, Yes, master, Mm -hmm. I have done your bidding. What is the cost of such a thing? Uh, That's just a gizmo. No, no, I mean, like, one is the make an object of expensive, average, you know, they're listed that way in the. Telecommunication is a specific gizmo. It's a specific utility. Mm-hmm. So you have to add it to like outfits and stuff. Oh, okay. So it's a mod. It's a mod. Okay, so I can do that with... Uh... Oh, no, it's kits. Those are kits. Those yeah, ones. where do I have it in here? Three. Three successes to add one utility mod to an outfit. Yep. Alright, uh, so we'll yeah. get there and I'll add that to... Uh... I'll add that to Captain Proteus's outfit. Okay, this is specifically the remote outfit. Not only does it allow you to talk to them, it also allows you to assist people at range. Ooh. And then I'll do that. Try. I'm, I'm a little surprised you haven't made an, uh, an animatronic remote outfit yet. Uh, it hasn't come up yet. I don't want to make... <laughs> Despite the fact I'm throwing out gadgetry rolls every day, I'm not, uh, not trying to make rolls I don't need to. I add one to my outfit, and then when we get back to Boris... Yeah, Boris, it's not hard to find these guys because they're not making a lot of movement. Plus, also, the Martian sticks out in a crowd. Yeah, I'm also a giant, yeah. But yeah. you're a giant, too. We can see oh, each yeah, other. Oh, yeah, spinning so. satellite on top of his head right over there. But, you know, when we get it together, I'll add one to your outfit as well. Okay, that right mean? now you both have remote gadgets. Yay. Well, I managed to finish up the interview, and I'll just, like, pull out, like, a cigar while I'm doing it and talking to them. Uh... Looks like there were at least three assailants, uh, as you expected. One of them may have been a snake. Another one, some kind of dog with crazy void black eyes. Yes, yeah. and also Never heard you know, anything guy, like that before. The guy gave you some some more deets. This is enough for another D eight assist bonus. So go ahead and roll another D eight assist bonus. Maybe we can harass some of the staff here at the spaceport, and maybe they've seen a large group coming through. Those a good. have also got an idea. We're gonna put them in a boat. Yep. All right, go ahead and roll that extra D eight for me, Corvus. Oh, me? Sorry, I thought it was somebody. 
No, he shows up and gives you more information, which also counts as an assist bonus. No, no dice. Based on that information, you can't really you know change the game of the of the fox. And then the guy, the other guy, said they probably would have left here. All the evidence points to they went in the direction of the spaceport, which means they may have um, uh, they may not be on this planet anymore. Right, poor professor's probably been taken away. To the when you get to the spaceport, not only is there the terrible smell of um, why would there be a smell of sprocket fuel when everything's powered by atomic? But also, like the spaceport's a place where regular blasts of hot air regularly cleanse it. Of course. So uh, I think armed with all this information, as well as um, our buddies make um, photo stats of some of the forged documents that they've got. I assume all all of you will rendezvous at the also back at the spaceport because that's where your headquarters is because you're the space patrol. What's up, fellas? Let's start putting it all together. So yeah, we bring them up to date. It seems that uh, this John Quisling person was uh, taken over back on Earth, and that's oh. how we. Go- and the timing that you have, based on what you talk to people, the assault on um, Doctor Hasselstoff would have happened at the same time, or pretty much the same time as the attack on uh, um, the symposium. Right, a coordinated effort to take care of anything, but maybe uh, catching on to them. <clears throat> yeah, I think the key takeaway here is that Thermian agents have managed to infiltrate Earth because that's how they managed to get into the meeting. They didn't get here from... They oh, documents hey, Lancer, they you're a pretty smart guy, aren't you? Yeah. Why don't you make a role of mind and academics for me? Because, remember... I, er, Remember I said earlier you had that weird science stuff and you couldn't quite make something out of it unless you talked to somebody else? Lancer is a man out of time. Wow. It's like, uh, you know, hey, some of this stuff may have been theoretical back in my day, but why don't I look at these papers and see if I can help you? That's enough for a D8 assist bonus for Corvus. Corvus, why don't you roll a D8 assist bonus to see if this is a Eureka moment? No it dice. is not. I am great at twos and threes today. Hey, that gadgetry die, though, never goes away. I know. I'm great at gadgets, nothing else. Okay, so you show them, I just point out, you show them the Lancer. And Lancer, to get you up to speed, Dr. Osselstoff dropped off a bunch of papers that describe some sort of bizarre, like as near as you can tell, if in the abstract, it describes some sort of device for unlimited power. But most of the words don't mean anything to you guys. It's too highbrow for any of you to understand. It's like... I think I saw a symposium this back in the day, but even then, half the scientists there were walking out with some headaches and scratching their heads. Just about the same impression as the senator was getting. We didn't really get dropped off on his desk, but um, she seemed to think this was really important for some reason, especially well, to if, him. If it's symposium. unlimited power, I guess that would be something anyone would kill for. If that power falls into the hands of the Thermiomite Empire, I, I shudder to think what would happen of the uh, the pillars of our structured civilization so i got the feeling this ain't the last we're gonna hear from them i would like everyone to add a new goal to your character goals which is recover ozelstop or at least find out what happened to ozelstop and that's how to spell if you were wondering you always have the most unusually spelled name uh, I try. 
Uh, and I believe we're still here protecting the symposium still, correct? Because they have uh, another couple of days. It has been rescheduled for the next day. In fact, that's only in a few hours. You only have some time to maybe catch a few quick Zs, uh, maybe slap on some aftershave uh, and go attend the next event. If you have any gifts that require a rest to recover, you have no time to do so. Although I don't think any of you have actually spent your personalities yet. Nope. Um, I took a quick cat nap. I, I, licked, my, I, used I licked my face I, real quickly in the morning. <laughs> Cowards never drink. It recovers easily. I just noticed that you added a radio gen bow. I may have used my personality in that fight. I just can't remember properly. So I, I probably won't have that. But I did only get hurt, not injured, so that went away. I spent my non-combatant, though, so I will still be shaken by the experience of firing a gun at a living being. Yeah. Uh, it's scary being in the space patrol. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, the only thing that might need changing are your trousers. Uh, but um, I wear my brown pants. And yeah, like I said, I'll just take a quick cat nap and then I'll just wake up and do the cat lick clean. Not the only. This is what I was talking about, like, you know, pulp era sci fi, where it's always like, you know, it's always military jargon. It's like the military, I tell you, in the military, it's always catching up on lost sleep. <laughs> so the good news is when the symposium comes back and there's the wall that's like, you know, got a big curtain in front of it because they can't <laughs> fix the hole. Um, uh, or the, the, the cheap plastered, uh, as well as you guys, um, you know, there, uh, are you guys going to come heavy with obvious weapons? Actually, you guys brought your pistols last time. So, uh, I'm doing the same thing I did last time. I got the fancy suit on, I got the pocket pistol underneath the jacket and I use my hands anyway. Well, there's a couple more empty seats this time. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, and, um, uh, Sir Badal is, like, happy to see you guys again. It's like, yes, thank you so much. Hopefully today we'll go sooner. Um, in fact, I'm glad you're here because he's going to, uh, I, I, uh, I don't think my, uh, the, the ruling of, uh, the Mercury officials is going to make, uh, some people happy. What is the ruling? Can you tell us? Well, I'm not supposed to tell you in advance, but uh, it is based on the commentary of several learned people uh, who, as you know, scientists are the most important pillars of society, hmm. uh, that the Mercurians are indeed uh, a self-aware, sophontic people. And as the rights of all people everywhere, uh, they have the inalienable right to life, liberty and property. So, well, yeah. No, that, that sounds like a, a worthwhile finding. Our uh, radiogen yeah. detectors are still operational. Um, okay. What, the lie detector, you mean? No, the radio... Remember, first, uh, first session, radiogen. Oh, right, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. it really um, seems like we should be scanning this place for preset explosives, because okay. if anybody yeah. else knows that that's the plan, and okay. even Go Earthlings ahead. could be trying to blow this guy up. We also they should be in operation... And your radio gen detection. Mm -hmm. Biometrics, that's what I'll call the lie detector. I think there should be a huge section on that. Okay. I do like that's that every time it's my dice that fail me, but the gadget always works. That's the 2D10 is the gadget. Every time I'm the failure, but the shit that I make is so much better than me. Say it with me. Uh, the practice is unproven, but the theory is sound. Uh, I was thinking of uh, Doc Brown and the Back to the Future sequel. Where it's, oh, no wonder. It's made on Mars. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't forget, you got one too, Boris. 
Um, but yeah, you'll sweep the area, and if any if any explosives are here, they're hidden with three uh, successes. But no, the median goes off without a hitch. There are fewer people present. I'm not going to bother to redo the map. Uh, there are fewer people uh, who show up because some of them were spooked. Even though, congratulations, no one was actually hurt except for the bad guys. Oh wait, uh... can I also do a mind observation just to see if uh, anything... three successes? Three successes. I forgot. I have a gadget. I'm using a gadget for this. Yep, you totally can. So, mind observation. Uh, but yeah, and Bedal will uh, announce that that it is the opinion of uh, the people appointed by the ambassadors of the planets of the uh, space patrol that the Mercurians are indeed uh, be recognizing that they are indeed uh, a sentient species. Uh, we move not to just parcel this place up like it was just Luna or some sort of land grab but that the Mercurians should be admitted to the uh, to the League of the League of Worlds. Uh, Piat, did you name like is it just assumed that the Earth is like First Nation and everyone else is a for lack of a better word a third world nation? Um, no, is there, I mean is there a solar system council or a League of Planets or yeah, there's like it's like the United Planets essentially. Planetary Space Are Patrol is the body that you know maintains yeah. the the order for the the United Planets. I and mean, go, if we're if we're if we're doing if we're doing like like Atomic Age, we could literally call it the United Planets because the UN yeah, yeah. created. You want to go with United Planets and not um, League of Nation, uh, League of Worlds? League yeah. of I like yeah. actually I like League of Worlds better. It's a bit, okay. It's League of Worlds is a little bit more pulpy. Yeah, you know? I think League of Worlds world is better, and it's a little bit less like United Federation of Planets or something. Yeah, that's the problem. Like United Planets probably is more thematically right, but it sounds too much like. I, 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 like I like League of Worlds. So currently, I believe there's only three members of the League of Worlds, which is the. Um, well, I know officially because the Martians are recognized and the Venusians are recognized. That's correct, right? Yeah. And now the Mercurians. Right, and now the Mercurians. Um, I'm gonna have to do some some. Uh, the outer worlds are still subject to debate because the outer world exploration is difficult. Most of what's going on is asteroid belt and inner. Oh, and uh, for later when we get back to game, I decided that possibly sabotage might be good for finding bombs, like knowing where they would. Oh, go. It, definitely, it, it definitely would. So you should definitely, and I like the fact that you annotated it to include it. One of the strengths of the cardinal game system that we're playing today. So, but yeah, no, the problem you chased or murdered everyone off. If there was a guy left, uh, well, there was. Uh, Remember, one yeah. guy got away. One guy got away. He he doesn't come back. Cal. So, congr congratulations. Uh, however, like a lot of you know, there'll be some you know boos. And in fact, I guess one like guy will have to stand up and uh, you know. Well, I mean, there's just a lot of booze and that kind of stuff. And uh, some people head out disappointed. Uh, some other people say, hooray. And as usual, any compromise, there's a bunch of people all sad. But the important thing, says Badal, was we were not intimidated by violent uh, uh, extraplanetary forces. The, uh, we need everyone we can to help us fight the menaces, the Thermionic Empire. Damn right. Uh, and also ruling this means that once they join the, well, now we have to petition to get the, now the hard work begins, says Padal, where we have to petition the Mercurians to join the League of Worlds so they won't ally with the Thermionic Empire or war could start out on Mercury. 
Well, I mean, the benefits of joining us and having this, enjoying the protection of Space Patrol are obvious. I'd be happy to explain that to the to the Mercurians. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, out how I'm sure the colonizers would love to be love to get an explanation of why they should join the Empire. Precisely <laughs> so. I'll look very earnestly at, at John Lancer and said, "You are absolutely correct. If if only Christopher Columbus had taken the." Time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The idiots just totally did. The idiots totally didn't get it. Right. It was just totally yeah. like they just weren't sold on on the whole gets getting their land stolen and pushed off their ancestral homelands and uh, you know all that. No, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Waiting to it. We have given these rights so that won't happen. Okay. So, you however, says Badal, as much as as that feels, you are space patrol, and thus you are here to deal with you know extra planetary crimes. If you want now, this is this where Captain Proteus goes petition to change. I want like to resign my commission from the dangerous planetary and join the Mercury Diplomatic Corps. <laughs> Not quite <laughs> yet, but soon. I've never even met a Mercurian. They sent. Uh, they're outside. If you want to go meet them. They're, they're here. I'm curious. I want to see yeah. some Mercurian. Well, they're not here. At the, they're not here at the symposium, which is hilarious because we voted on whether to include them or not, and right. we even. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, were they not invited, or they just chose not to show up? Like uh, or something. Oh, go ahead, Raf. They, they weren't invited. Um, they were. Uh, the doll says, you know, this is all basically new territory with extraterrestrials. But just like you wouldn't invite a monkey to a meeting to ask it to. Well, actually, I shouldn't even say that because it's a furry game. So we have uh, yeah. monkeys for people. <laughs> but you get, uh, we get, we get the idea. Just like you wouldn't send a raw animal, you can bring a raw animal yeah. into a meeting. <laughs> Right. I mean, it, it's stupid and backward, but uh, but all says, but we must. But now that know, we've admitted that they're real people, we're going to have to actually, you know, like talk to them. We must stuff. work with the present uh, and hope for the future. Uh, it's only a world where we all recognize another's differences uh, and, you know, play to our strengths that we're going to defeat the monolithic threat uh, that is the Thermionic Empire, which pretty much just wants to destroy everybody's brains. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I, I'm curious. I want to go meet some Mercurians and uh, initiate some goodwill because okay. apparently they've been treated like uh, Indians. But now we have the – so you want to go do that. Captain Proteus, uh, your next mission is to file a bunch of paperwork. But after that, what is your next goal forward? I think we should be looking up uh, – searching for the doctor, the missing doctor. Well, you the last lead you have was a doctor was near the spaceport, but uh, looking around, uh, visually, you didn't find anything. So you'd have to figure out if they were still hiding at the spaceport, which is highly unlikely, uh, or, or if they, they left. left. I, have the, I have, certainly have the authority, I would assume, to, to get a list of, of departures and arrivals. Yeah, since yesterday, basically. Yesterday, yeah. You could go ahead and do that. I'm glad everyone, uh, everyone who tuned in to watch this, you you tuned in for the exciting bureaucracy. <laughs> Let's go over the airport travel logs. Um, going, and the avoid first contact moment. This okay. person has too many miles. All right. So, uh, um, and you, I like to, um, when we split people up or whatever, I always like to... Um, Put people on it. All right. So first we have Team Bureaucracy, which is led by our hero, Captain Proteus. Mm. This is the ones who are going to go through spaceship records based on the time and the window where Hustle Stop disappeared and based on descriptions uh, to see uh, if anyone uh, had disappeared. 
Uh, so uh, uh, who is on team bureaucracy? Bureaucracy requires, um, actually, I don't know why I said observation. That's academics. I will uh, aid in bureaucracy. <laughs> okay, so you're on team bureaucracy. Uh, what other investigative skills do you have? Like, usually there's also talking to people at the spaceport, which would be questioning. Unless you want I me think to at this point we've realized we're a bit bad at talking. Yeah, unless you want me to scare people at the spaceport. Oh, I do have questioning and I do have observation. So I'm really good at observation. Uh, well, Cap so yeah, Captain Proteus has both academics and questioning. I'm better means, at academics, though. Yeah, Captain Proteus, you could be on uh, team. Well, absolutely. I just assumed that was that was a given, you know. Okay, so you're gonna be you're, you're, so you're so Captain Proteus, you're gonna go talk to people. Corvus is lead of Team Bureaucracy. How are you dividing up your other three team members? Do we want to do want to have them investigate the actual grounds? Maybe have um, uh, using Doctor Corvus's device. Perhaps they can they can maybe narrow down and see if uh, uh, Doctor House's stuff is being hidden somewhere in the space. You also or, or what what spaceport they might have left from? I'm assuming there's there's only one, just the one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you'd have to roll better than two successes because that was not enough to find them. And also, do remember that we all have remote outfits now, so we can all okay. help one oh. another at a distance. Okay, so so whatever outfit you're wearing, okay, your outfit's been modded to have uh, remote assistance. I mean, that's true, but you would have, but also like you'd have to devote a certain amount of your time. Like it's going to take several hours. So you can take several hours assisting someone, or you're going to take several hours working on your own thing. Uh, I mean, I have, just make... I have the I have the team player gift. So you you can go with any team, yes. So so Lancer can go with any team. Okay, Summers, do you have questioning? No. Okay, but you have academics. Uh, Bla uh, Boris, do you have questioning? No, and not academics either. So I'm gonna put you on. I'm gonna put you on team. I'm gonna put Lancer. Uh, I'm gonna as a, as a GM here. I'm gonna do executive decision here. Uh, Boris, you're on team questioning just because if they get any trouble, you can beat people up. You're an enforcer, whereas academic guys nope. probably need you. They and they need Lancer, my help. And Lancer's a team player, so he can't screw up anything he assists. So the three of you, Space Patrol people, will go ahead and start asking people at the patrol if they saw anything suspicious, like this wolf guy with dead eyes. Uh, and the other two people will go through the records and cross-index which flights uh, are most likely to be there. So does that make sense? Okay. I think it okay. yes, sure I does. Think and Summers, you didn't actually sell back your local knowledge. Is that correct? I still have it. Yeah. So you'll be team lead and Corvus will assist you because it's I mean, mine, academics, and local knowledge. The three, uh, uh, I think, um, Captain, you're the one with your two enforcers doing the uh, talking. So that's going to be, um, well, this one's going to be talking to a bunch of people who are too busy to make time for you. So it's going to be will and questioning because a lot of people are saying like, hey, I, you know, if I don't realign those fuel rods, these ships will explode. Can I take authority as a bonus slice on that? Uh, you can. Go ahead and put that extra D12 in there. You are not team streetwise. You are team police. I'll have you know. So, so do you want me to, gonna, me to right? roll my assist first? Uh, yeah, you can roll your assist first if you want to. Assist dice are what are called claim dice, which means you can throw them in after the fact. Uh, so I don't usually make a big deal okay. about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, go ahead and roll, because if you succeed, you get a bonus D12 from John Lancer. 
And I assume, Boris, you're just going to roll mine and observation and just be vigilant. That's you, Griffin. Yeah, yeah. I just had to pull my mic down. I'm basically okay. just going to be vigilant. Uh, mind and observation. You're actually, you and you're a bear, so you don't have danger sense, right? Uh, that is correct. Okay. Don't forget my D12. Okay. Excellent. So Piat has... Um... I have one success uh, for my own. Yeah, I, I, I think you reverse the symbols. You want greater than three, not less than four. Not less than... Oh, pardon me. Okay. No worries. Uh, that's still two successes because it's a six. Uh, actually, it's a four, a six, and a nine. So that's three successes. Oh, geez. Wow. I have to... Why is that set that way? There we go. Good. Yes. Yeah, greater than four. Okay, cool. Yeah, I should be greater than three. That's why we say versus three. We actually say versus three in the uh, text, so people will do that. And it confuses people because they say it's versus three. Why isn't it threes are better? It's like no, it's greater than greater than three. So okay, so I got three success. I'm gonna go stick my head in a pig. Um, so yeah, so but no, so the three of you go to to talk to the people uh, at the spaceport, and like I said, most people here work for the variety of mining companies. There are plots on Mercury that are currently being mined. But after a certain land grab, the problem was the equator and the habitated zones where the Mercurians are, a bunch of these guys just wanted to just go ahead and start mining there. Plus also the Space Patrol uh, took over, not just to protect the uh, locals' interests, but to look for thermionic agents because they would also want Masrim. And so there's already a lot of activity here. Rockets are constantly taking off uh, and people are busy working. So most of them don't want to talk to you. However, you show up with your muscle and throw your weight around. Uh, and several people, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, count out. Most of the people you meet are jobbers. They're not worth talking to. Uh, or it's not worth recounting. They just kind of like do the montage where they just kind of do a bunch of shrugs uh, and that sort of thing. You know, except for the one interesting bit. Uh, the one interesting bit uh, is when you go uh, and um, talk to this pigeon fellow who says, oh, yeah, um, uh, I think uh, I, I saw the, the guys you're looking for, kind of scary-looking kind of wolf guy. That's the guy, yeah. Sounds yeah. right. Uh, sure. Well, let me tell you all about him. He says, pulling out a gun. Gasp. <laughs> oh, uh, how many successes do you have on your lookout roll, Boris? One. Uh, Boris, you may act first. All right. I'm going to go ahead and wrestle him. Uh, he's going to shoot you with his gun. Okay. <laughs> On D8 plus 2D6. Uh, and is this full action or just a quick... Uh... Uh, you have. Uh, you uh, can act first. You can All aim right. before you do this. Which is a bonus I will D12. aim then. That's basically what I'm asking. So there we go. Got my new D12 and that is... Uh, that is he an has eight. a 6. So yep, that's an eight. Eight. He, he pulls out a ray gun and fires an atomic ray. Uh, I beat him with the eight, though. So, okay, the ray goes Ooh. wild. Not it, it hits a stray bulkhead, and not any of the fuel canisters. Oh no! <laughs> uh Boris grabs him. Is that what you do? That is right. It is going to be two damage total. Okay, and he's uh, uh, he needs to soak two damage. 
hey, you know, he has a panic soak for that. Ah! All right, he gives up. There we go. Perfect. He's held and panicked. Uh, you're in over your heads. You'll never succeed. Therionic scum, and I'll just, like, push him against the wall. Where Dude, are they? What we want to know! <laughs> um, Don't make us use the hypno-ray. Not the hypno-ray. No, it's I the take, probe. I, you wouldn't dare. You're too weak. And I take out my claws, and I start grinding the wall next to his head. Okay. Um, uh, it doesn't matter because you're you're not going. Uh, um, it, it, it's sorry. Let me compose myself. Your stupid, stupid minds. Uh, that that you think this is a uh, uh, that this is a mere thing that the blind thermionic empire can do. This is bigger than that. It's bigger to all of you. The future belongs to the strong. And who are the strong? Um, uh, uh, you'll know uh, you will know soon enough when the crushing when you are crushed by the inexorable uh, progress of the future. What you, with your fancy smancy energy source? Uh, um, once ah. the secrets, once those ah. are laid bare, unlimited power uh, will belong. Uh, uh, you know, to us and to the future. Well, fools are well, well, tricks on you. Perpetual motion is a myth. <laughs> um, now that the uh, the League of Worlds would be, uh, if we if we have this power, we're going to be sharing it, of course, equally with all those who who share our our goals of freedom and good government and peace and order. Listen, oh, listen, boss, boss. I don't think these guys are into the wrong. Into the yeah, you know, I don't yeah, think these guys are into sharing that. and caring. Uh, yeah, you don't understand uh, uh, that your your false ideas of uh, equ uh, equality and communism. Communism, <laughs> sir. Yeah, yeah, your government is doomed to fail. It will be destroyed. By All right. Not if we have anything to say about it. <laughs> At this point, I'm pulling out the space cuffs, and I'll uh, look to the captain and say, go ahead and take a look through his effects. Maybe he's got something important in there. All right. Okay. So, so uh, you'll go ahead and look through his effects. Uh, I'm not going to make you go ahead and roll for this because you've already like found this one guy. Yeah. Uh, but you will find uh, that he has uh, a page that looks like it was torn out from a notebook because in the future we use notebooks for everything. Of course. Uh, and it looks like a manifest uh, for uh, a uh, spaceship known as uh the revenge uh it, you know, with a big the text of it it looks like this was torn out of uh because all ships that uh show up and leave have to go ahead and sign in be put in a manifest and it looks like uh in his on his toolbox in the false bottom where he had his ray gun uh you'll find that uh yeah he has um uh, records torn out related to this ship known as the revenge of its arrival and its uh, departure. And let me guess, the arrival and departure coincide with the attack. Yes, it does. <laughs> the departure does. What did it depart? Like, the depart it departed during the attack. Yeah. Uh, it would have departed, yeah, ab about, like, uh, um, you, you 
cross index the times and the window matches up to where yes they could have gone there abducted them sculled them here gotten a ship and taken off it would have been been tight but if you were a skilled pilot and you were already ready to go it would have been possible you've got um uh lancer with you uh the time frame of their arrival coincides with quizzling and his four guys Okay, so we know they probably came in on the, on the Revenge. On the Revenge. Uh, and this guy is not a representative of the Thermionic Empire. He is not working for Space Patrol. He is a third-party threat. No, there's something about his testimony that's kind of weird. He might be a third... There are third-party threats. Okay. Interesting. He's saying he... it's not the Thermions. He's saying it's some other group involved in this, some bigger yeah. group. Do I, do, do I know of anything like that, Raph? Hmm, you sit there and think to yourself, puzzling through criminal records you know of the past, what skills help you know of the worldly ways of criminals? Uh, I mean, I've got academics, I guess. Let me know. By the way, guys, if you actually play the game of um, uh, Urban Jungle, we have other skills other than academics. (laughs) But we're rolling it a lot. We're rolling it a lot. Well, Dr. Corvus is like maxed out on that. (laughs) <laughs> Something bothers you by the way he keeps saying, and, and, and the role worked. All right, Piat, go you. <laughs> I figured it out eventually. <laughs> you're, you're better at this than I am. Uh, he keeps saying power, uh, like, like he keeps using words like the strong. Um, that bugs you a little bit and makes you start thinking that you've heard, uh, speaking of the atomic wars, unfortunately, after the atomic wars, the horrible uh, warnings of fascism and the rest of them uh haven't been abolished and so there are some people who um even though they're not necessarily well they might be thermionic sympathizers but you've heard of a bunch of criminals uh who sometimes call themselves the futurists uh and uh, yeah and so they're uh um there are rumors about them about how they're circulate they're out in the uh asteroid belt and they're all doing a lot of claim jumping and that sort of thing. And they have a lot of rhetoric about, you know, if you can take it, you should. Uh, and so uh, uh, some of the jargon that this guy is spewing sounds familiar to that. Um, but they would basically be, I guess, I mean, I would say terrorists. But in the jargon of the retro future, they would probably be called like, uh, you know, anarchist criminals. Can I also do a role and see if I remember something? Sure, except you're John Lancer and have never heard of the Futurist. Okay. But that, that's immediately what occurs. It's like you may have undis- uh, uh, uncovered a criminal cell. Normally, this would be the kind of thing that like the Space Patrol, like the Asteroid Belt people, because, you know, the Asteroid Belt is full of radiogenites. And so, uh, you know, that's a, a lot of lawlessness because people can go out there, blow you up and jump your claim, that sort of thing. But the fact that there would be this activity on Mercury and the fact that this guy like actively knew was part of a kidnapping of a scientist who wanted you to know that she may have discovered the secret of unlimited energy. Well, I get the feeling Error being in their hands is going to be a little bit uh, terrible. Well, good news is if I was a betting man, I would say that we found where our doctor or missing doctor went. I would say it's out in the asteroid belt somewhere. You'll well, never find her. Logs. She. You'll never find her, and you'll never find that. 
Uh, you may think that uh, it says the pigeon guy as you like, you know, shake him roughly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Tell it to the space patrol officer in your new cell. <laughs> um. Uh, meanwhile, Team Academics, you guys are going through the records. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I could ask you to roll, but you're pretty much going to find out the same thing these guys did. Um, I mean, if you want to roll your mind in academics, if you can get two or more successes, you'll notice the irregularity in the logs where uh, it looks like someone has doctored pages. Pages, which, by the way, yeah, you guys will discover this, that when the other guys show up with the pages they found on this guy, um, your testimony matches theirs, that someone doctored the records, and these are the original pages. Someone wanted to erase all record of the revenge being here. Well, we know what ship they left on, and like I said, we have a pretty good idea of where they probably went to. Is there right. a actual destination in the in the records for the revenge? Yeah, they had to file they had to file a flight plan before they left, according to regulation. And the flight plan says that they were leaving for Earth. Um, can we? How long would it take to get to Earth? Uh, well, I'm assuming that since this is a plot-driven game, uh, speed of plot, right? the speed of plot, so I'm assuming about a day. Okay. Dating it everywhere. Why don't we, uh, <laughs> why don't we call ahead to Earth, to Space Patrol on Earth, and say be on the lookout for the, the Starship Revenge. Revenge. Right. So you, you'll uh, start. Pound them, and then and then maybe we can start heading in. Because if we want to fly, if we want to go investigate, we to go to the asteroid belt, we have to fly away from the sun anyway. Right. And there's also a problem with Earth. While Jersey City has been rebuilt, I guess is New Jersey City, yeah. uh, has been rebuilt. Large sections of the Earth are atomic wasteland, uh, um, you know, still not recovered from the horrible, wasteful war. If he went to Earth, uh, um, if his flight plan is accurate and says that he went to Earth, excuse me, then uh, there are many places he could land on Earth that uh where you know he couldn't be found truth truth okay i like the martian's observation you know most places are away from the sun <laughs> we're at the north pole we're gonna head south <laughs> <laughs> yes we're at the north pole let's see well, we must have gone south <laughs> this way all right <laughs> Uh, but still, State Patrol presumably uh, keeps an eye on, on traffic going into and from Earth. Uh, and good news, you can uh, intercept those documents you, we're going to have them send you, too. Uh, well, we, we, we can try, but unfortunately, you know, um, I'm just wondering, you know, if he was, a, you know, if they were skilled pilots, they might be able to land in one of the atomic wastelands. Hmm. But well, the asteroid belt well, does sound exciting, though. Well, turns out I'm a skilled pilot, too, so if we can figure out where, where am I? I can land there as well. I'm also a pilot. Exactly. I'm going to need your help on this one. I, okay, I like so, break this one, too. So you file your report, because that's the important Captain Proteus, and he radios ahead. So the question is, where do you want to go next? And it sounds like you want to go to Earth. Yes. Okay, so Earth has Empire, uh, Shirzy Empire University which is where uh, Hasselstoff was teaching. Uh, and it also has various atomic wastelands. Uh, I can't think of anywhere else you'd want to go on Earth. Do we, uh, can we use like uh, sensors of some kind to, uh, to like kind of scan the atomic wastelands, kind of do a flight? We have our Fox detector. We have the Fox detector, but it will work the through. Fox detector from space. In, in There's more than one Fox on Earth. <laughs> My God, the planet's <laughs> full of them. 
It I says, mean, yes, it says his secret Fox waves. He's got like you know, uh, by this point, he has about a ten-hour lead on you, and you don't even know if he went to Earth. Can we try? I'm to... still voting for the asteroid belt, but everyone voted to go to Earth, so I'm like, we're going to Earth, I guess. Well, I well, mean, until you... we can figure out exactly where they went. You also it... have deciphered Hasselstoff's manuscript. Yeah, it's too right. far from. It seems like maybe the best thing would be to go to the university, maybe talk to some of her uh, okay, associates. that makes sense. And maybe also get a better idea from the Space Patrol of other places she's already been. Because <clears throat> she was already that. proximate to some other thermionic activity. Can I, yeah, can I file a, um, a request for access to those files? You did. I did? Oh, I did do that. Okay, that's right. You did, yeah, I did do that. I did do that. You might um, uh, actually, you know, by the time you got to Earth, you might actually have. Uh, it might uh, actually be ready for you. How many ships left the, the uh, spaceport? Uh, there are ships coming and going all the time. All the time? Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought if maybe there was less ships going, I could, you know, make some sort of scanner to track their fuel residue or some whatever, whatever it burns that leaves them. Track their atomic trails, yeah. But the problem is, when you get to Earth, there's so much atomic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but if you weren't, if you weren't going to Earth, your trail wouldn't go to Earth. <laughs> I mean, the space is big enough where if you weren't going there, your trail wouldn't lead there. Okay. Well, so you go ahead, and uh, your ship, by the way, has an official name. Since none of you guys had a good name for it, I thought we did name it. The, yeah, you needed the like problem. Yeah, I mean. I'm not agreeing that's a good uh, name. I'm just saying that we didn't name it. Well, you want to name it the Problem Child. You can call it the Problem Child, but your official designation of your space cruiser is the Escapolis. Okay. It's nicknamed like the Problem Child because it's pretty much what Escapolis translates as. <laughs> um, yes. Yours is an old destroyer uh, converted from uh, after the Atomic Wars. So your ship is about 20 years old. So Lancer, it's not that different from what you usually fly. Uh, I haven't made a map of your ship yet, but I was going to assume that the here are the fault the there are the um, uh, that uh, we're going to go ahead and put down the various positions. Yeah, we got at least pilot and co-pilot. We got coffee maker. Well, there also be oh sorry, and um, I was going to 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 uh, yeah, there would be I call stereo marriage. Uh, yeah, there's a pilot and a co-pilot position. There's also the con, which is the captain's chair. There's engineering, which is back in the engine room. Uh, steerage, which is just um, nothing. And I also forgot that you actually have, uh, instead of scanners on your ship, you have the turret with the bomb sights on it. Cushiest job on the ship. Steerage. Which all, yeah, which also has scanning equipment on it. I I sorry, I need steerage. another round of coffee. That's not steerage. Yes. <laughs> all the boxes that we're carrying, still here. Steerage out. Well, you can wait, you can just go. Why isn't the, wait, why isn't the super smart robot not in engineering? <laughs> because we made steerage a job. You can also just go to where it says steerage, paint over it, right? Concierge, and now he has to give you coffee. <laughs> sure, and if I draw a hole on the side of the ship, we'll all be sucked into space. Because that's how that works. I don't think you want the Martian who carries around his own atomic weapons to make the coffee. I can't be any more radioactive than he is. <laughs> I'm a little surprised he hasn't made anything that's booby-trapped yet. 
It's fine. What's a few rads? It's okay. It's good for you. Isn't the Mar- shouldn't the Martian be the engineer? Isn't he good at engineering? That's what they were joking about that yeah. he should be, but he's decided. Again, he's steerage is a job, apparently. Doctor, All the boxes are still here. They've been here since we left steers. Mercury. I, I, yeah, because steer- I have like no no space faring skills whatsoever. So put me in steerage and tell me that I'm the one who steers the ship. Okay, I totally believe you. No, I'm gonna be the con. And when you go to get your ship fueled up and ready to go, because you don't keep it fueled, that's an explosive hazard. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you will get a uh, you. Captain Proteus will get a phone call. Um, well, I, I guess you have to turn on the oscilloscope because you have to have like a tiny, totally like round circle that has the vi- the video call on the other end of it. Captain, you need to press the on button first. Yes, I know. Yes, yes. yes. I saw you pantomiming back there. <laughs> uh, you will be greeted by a well dressed possum fellow. He says, "Hello, uh, Captain Proteus. I understand that you uh, were." Uh, you're uh, the commanding officer of the space patrol. You work with uh, John Lancer. That's correct. I'm the captain of the problem, uh, the Escapolis. <laughs> you don't know me. My name is Brack Winson. I work for uh, Winson Nettles. I'm one of the uh, high executives uh, of the consortium. Uh, recently, uh, you, uh, some of your agents, made it very clear to me that there might be seditionists or fifth columnists working against the best interests of the space patrol. And I, uh, the more uh, it was weighing on my mind, the more I thought about it, the more I thought I should use my own wealth and influence to see if I could find anything to help you. Very well. Uh, I appreciate such a civic-minded motive. Well, have you discovered something? Well, uh, my company doesn't make a lot of this public because uh, we often... Um, it's the sad part of business that some other executives who don't have uh, the sense of uh, patriotism uh, and and fair play that our proper executive class should have mm-hmm. uh, always more important for life and liberty uh, before money. Because as you know, morality ends where the ray gun begins. Corporations are part of our commonwealth and we all work together for the uh, profitability of all. What information do you have? So there's a certain person that has been, uh, uh, um, uh, there's a contract employee that has been used in some, I uh, found out that has been used in some of the scare tactics designed to apply a couple uh, bits of uh, muscle uh, and uh, um, other influence. Uh, I tried to put the, the kibosh on this, but uh, as near as, uh, some of the funds have been diverted, I feel I can't, uh, um, uh, you know, disguises anymore. There's a man by the name of Bisleev Gunvoit. Uh, uh, he's been employed uh, in some of the recent struggles to try and convince some people to go ahead and uh, move over, you know, to try and put some pressure on the consortium to vote on our side. But the more digging I did on this fellow, it's like he's like just got a weird checkered pass. So I wanted to send the materials to you by courier and they should be arriving soon. Uh, um, I can't shake uh, the idea that not only was uh, he here during uh, the incident, but a lot of his connections are just pretty shady, and I wouldn't be able to feel right if I uh, didn't bring this to you. You realize, of course, this has to be secret, because anyone else in my company found out about this, me and my loved ones could be in trouble. For the time being, of course, we uh, we have to absolutely protect the, the identity of witnesses. If this comes to a trial, well, then that's something that a judge will have to decide. But in the meantime, yes, I respect your right to privacy. If I find that you've been guilty of any kind of criminal activity, of course, that may change. 
Way to be reassuring, Captain. Real Way good manner manner there. I've always, uh, I personally have always uh, struggled to be above board, but I really, uh, uh, and do everything. And I want you to know that uh, I didn't sanction any of this activity. I, but it weighs heavily on my conscience that my coworkers could have perverted the democratic uh, and free process in such a way. I will do my best to protect your identity and keep your role out of this, sir. Uh, if you do need any assistance, please call. I already gave uh, Lancer my contact information. Uh, the material should be arriving by bonded courier soon, but I wanted to reassure you personally, this isn't just some random thing. This is the opinion of a wealthy industrialist. A man of wealth and taste. Well, wealth anyway. Thank you so much for hearing me out. Uh, I, I hope uh, the, to see this escalate in into violence uh, is against everything that Wyndham stands for. You are a uh, an example to other corporate citizens, sir. He feels better. Wyndham will remember this. Excellent. All right, so the call is going to end, and shortly after this, you'll get some more information. Bislev, Gunvoit, there's photos uh, of him, as well as, you know, some scribbled notes and uh, bizarre photo stats. But the most important thing is that Bislev Gunvoit is, de is described as a snake. Right. Isn't one of the people involved in this was a snake? Snake, a dog? Um, the uh, guy that you shook down said he remembered a snake, and this guy is indeed a snake, and it could be the same guy. I mean, it's circumstantial, but it's something. There's also a lot of materials here that would take a bunch of nerds to go ahead and go through and try and... Uh, All right, more academic, more academic roles. Well, I, I, yeah, I, you guys can probably uh, wrote this, but it's... Um, okay. And you have some time while you're flying. Uh, uh, so let me see. Um, the question, of course, being like, who, who is your lead pilot? Probably me, with uh, Lancer as the co-pilot, I think. I'm the co-pilot, because I'm team player, so I can always assist him in any pilot roles. That makes you the best co-pilot. So, yeah, so the two of you would get in the chair, and you've never flown before, atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed, you know, flipping switches. Uh, so, back. So, so most of the systems should at least be familiar to me, if if not just a little bit newer than what well, I Well, this is a – see, you were a rocket pilot, uh, back during the atomic wars where they were just using rocket planes. This is the first extra <laughs> vehicle that you've been allowed to pilot after the sim, you know, after some brief training. So yeah, it's pretty much the same, but also this is Mercury, which in theory, I guess is lower gravity, but you wouldn't know it from the way we play the game out uh, and less air. It's easy. You'll get the hang of it. It's like riding a space tricycle. You know, so you when I was uh, six years old, I was already flying things. You know, like I always, I always you know, I always land on my feet. That's what makes me a great pilot. So you take yeah, that dial. I always walk away from every crash. <laughs> yep. So you take that dial that says sun and change it from toward to away. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not going to make you roll for a typical takeoff. It's like whoosh, your rocket soars off in an impressive yeah. special effects display. Um, but also, like, when going through the notes, because this is what Piat does best, uh, you know, at your, like, wooden, you know, your little metal desk that's on the ship and the notes on there, uh, everything about Gunvoit uh, matches um, some of the other things I said before, where uh, the materials you have here uh, suggest that he's a gunrunner uh, in the asteroid belt, which you've seen before, and yes, 
um, merchant mercantile guys often hire stuff for that, uh, you know, like muscle and claim jumpers and that sort of thing to chase people off, which would give him opportunity to hang out with this anarchist group that you've heard of uh, called the Futurists. Right on. Okay. Uh, if these reports are true of what Wyndham was understating the case, uh, there's a lot of things in here that um, are just notes of um, Gunvoit being paid in. Um, man, what would the future equivalent of Krugerrands be? I guess just gold. Gold, yeah. Gold plated latinium. Gold plated latinium. Yes, gold pressed latinium. Um. But the, it doesn't say what he's been doing, but that makes it all the more suspicious. Um, so if these are to be believed, uh, Gunvoit is a man who takes money for killing and does so without remorse. Mm. Right on. So not only is he shaped like a torpedo, he is a torpedo. <laughs> Do we have uh, right now another another indication that we should be going to the asteroid belt? But let's go to the university first. My, my next my, my next question: Whether we just we should just go straight to the asteroid belt? Or... So you fly to New Jersey City Spaceport. Fair. Um, Got to uh, make a stop anyway. Uh, since this is uh, so, you guys have seen the movie Metropolis, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's better than big buildings. It's bigger buildings. Uh, in fact, we should probably call it New Gernsbeck City. That's a joke just for me and P.I. Look at this. Multi-layered uh, streets and highways. Oh, so futuristic. Yep. Buildings that just blot out the sky. Flying cars? No way. People at the bottom don't need, like, sunlight or anything. Nah, it's fine. Uh, they have atomic bridge. Travis didn't have flying car. cars, there. I thought it just had airplanes. Uh, uh, an airplane in every garage. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's to come that the uh, flying people, people in 1980 will refer to the 1930s as the age of windows because they, they didn't understand, you know, the benefits of electric light living underground. So, yeah, you just have electric light all the time, you yeah. just keep children in it. It's great, she well, the age of windows. Um, I'm just thinking about all the lead that was in the gasoline and in the air. <laughs> now that we got clean burning atomic fuel. So, yes, yeah, so it would give you clearance to land. Uh, Jersey City, uh, well, New Jersey City, was built on the ruins of the old, uh, a shining beacon to the progress and limitless resources. Uh, one of the, pro probably the biggest city to uh, survive, uh, I'm guessing Leningrad's probably bigger. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. Trying to figure out what the future cities would be. Uh, but I think you, uh, there we go, a great picture of that. Uh, but I think you actually came here to um, uh, to try and find someone who can make sense of these papers. These scientific documents about this super whiz bank power source. So I assume that uh, unless any of you have any preparations, all five of you are going to go to the university. Yeah, we might as well make this a group. Right. Go, go, Nerd Patrol. Okay, sorry I didn't have time to prepare mini, uh, miniatures and maps for this, so. It's all right. But yeah, Jersey Empire University is in the uh, new Empire State Building, which is the old Empire State Building, but they lifted it up and built another building underneath it. 
So it's got flying buttresses. You, of course, get there by dirigible because you can just, you know, they have the dirigible parking stand. Ah, okay. Of course, quick and efficient. Show of hands, who's seen Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. We A movie that's enjoyable, but not as enjoyable as it should be. It's the only reason why I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's, it, I can't, like, you talk can't recommend it. it. Well, that's what I mean. It keeps going up, and I love the you know the trailer and the pitch and everything. But everyone says it's a bad movie. It's like, well, I've got good it's, movies to watch. It's not as bad as you've heard, but it's not as good as you've heard either. I would recommend like casually watching it. The visuals are really nice. Yeah, that's the sad thing. Like, if you're really into that steampunk like pulp aesthetic, it captures it. Really, but the story itself, you're just like, whatever. Yeah, the the, the deco. Um, I mean, well, I'm just going to say, like, we're more lively actors than they are, because we're awesome. There's also, but I mean, it does stand very true to the whole, the whole pulp. Uh, it does. That's the sad truth. Well, tradition yeah. of having a really exciting cover, and then it turns out to be a 2,000-word story about, you know, is completely unengaging. And, yeah, you're the wind. White thread in the future. Yeah. yeah, it should be a more exciting story. Like, ours about bureaucratic interference yeah. and creating Speaking of bureaucratic interference, so you'll show up at Empire University and start making inquiries. Uh, what skills do you have useful in getting past academic people? Demolition. I, I have negotiations. Well, and I have and and I have academics. Negotiation would be actually be the ideal skill to get in because when you ask to talk to the university, they say, "Well, we have a policy of confidence, and unless you have a warrant, we're very busy people." Authority. I also have negotiation. Well, you have authority, but they'll still tell you we're you know we're academia. We're not intimidated by you. <laughs> I also have academics. Let me baffle guys. Um, well, you could use academics to try and sneak in and try and, and look into their records. You because I know the people at home have not gotten enough of you guys going through records yet. <laughs> I, so you could use academics to try and look at public records to see if you can figure out. But remember, you're trying to get someone to make sense out of Hossel, what Hasselstoff was up to. So you, you can use your academics to assemble a profile. I guess that's what I should call it is a profile. How about this? I can negotiate being that I am someone from 30 years in the past to agree to do an interview about cultural issues in the past in exchange to talking to an expert who can decipher these documents. That'll okay, get so you into the history, but will it get you into the well, physics department? I will, I will agree to be a guinea pig. Okay, so uh, I'm going to split you up now. Lancer's on Team Charm, and Proteus is on Team Profiling. Uh, what about your other three people? I guess I'll be on Team Profile. Okay. Criminal. Because you're also, uh, well, you're, I don't know if you're good at breaking, you're a safe cracker. You're not breaking and entering. That's hilarious. You pick Criminal and you pick Safe Cracker. Because um, the other uh, questions are very dangerous, but he's a safe stuff up. Okay. What about your Martian dude? He should probably assist uh, the, I guess, what are the profilers doing? Are they trying to figure out who the profiler is going to go through public records and stuff that's easy, that's accessible without a warrant to see, uh, what they can find out about Hustler. Because you could try to get the Space Patrol to issue a warrant, but the problem is, is like, Dr. Hustler may have been kidnapped, but um, you don't actually have, I mean, you have to make a case for that, and that would be a different academics role. Plus, you'd have to prove that she, you know, she was abducted. But and, we, and, 
could we just want to like maybe uh, look look up in the public directory for one of her former colleagues or somebody who's taken over a role? Right. You, you, that's why I said send more profile. Okay. So I'm gonna put you on profile. Um, also, Martian guy, you don't actually have to go with anybody because you built a bunch of remote stuff. Yeah, I can help from here. But in the unlikely which, event that you need skills that require not people. Okay. So I'm gonna put. Uh, Corvus on standby. He's going to go hang out in steerage. Uh, that leaves Boris. Boris, are you on Team Charm or are you going to be on Team Profile? I'm going to go with Team Charm. I think I can be uh, Lance's hype man. That's what okay. I, was say. Well, I think we can use. I think we can use your celebrity status and my cele- my celebrity status to uh, to figure out something. Uh, team Profile will roll Mind and Academics. Uh, team Charm, I need you guys to roll a whole bunch of dice. You're going to roll your Mind and your Will because you're trying to be clever and forceful. And you're going to roll your Deceit and Negotiation because you're here on False Pretenses. Ooh. So I roll those twice? Uh, you roll your Mind, your Will, your Deceit, and your Negotiation. Grab a big wad of all of those. And if you're missing any, don't grab them. And then roll gotcha. them on the table. Gotcha. So this is my dis- this is my deceit roll. You will get an extra Fail. D8. Okay. So yeah, I think, that, I think that's one failing of the of the of the uh, um, the character sheet because uh, it doesn't let you roll a skill without a skill. It, it, like this concept that Cardinal has of mixing and matching a skill dice isn't a concept that apparently shows up in a lot of other games. So does this not work? No, I rolled a two and a three. So, okay, I so you roll five and uh, uh, and you, but you have negotiation. You haven't rolled your negotiation dice. Yet. I haven't rolled my. Do I roll the? Okay, I'm gonna hold a. Just by itself, don't roll anything with it. You roll mind, will, deceit, negotiation. So just roll negotiation with no other attributes. Gotcha. One second. One second. Well, and you get a bonus D8 from Boris because Boris is helping you fit in. It's like no, no, the modern kids don't say things like 23s could do. But unfortunately, I roll a two, so I got one success. So you go to the university, and this is a great filler episode where you would go to the university and go, oh, I still got charm. Hey there, kids. Things are swell all the way around. Uh, I'm here to do a retrospective. And all of the academy people that you talk to, uh, you know, with one success, they're nice and polite to you, especially saying things like, well, as much as, you know, really what you'd want to see in your interview retrospective is that your era was an era of backward savagery of atomic wars that nearly exterminated all life. Whereas we are monuments to the hope and promise of a better life where people are free, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, to not die in bizarre and pointless wars. And I'm like, yeah, if you just want to submit yourself to mindless authority with no control or civil rights, that sounds cool to me. That that's <laughs> your world, not ours. I want you will talk to some people, and you won't get a lot of information on them. You will talk to one administrator, uh, you know, who will say like, "Well, um, you know, we can't help you with um, Dr. Hasselstoff's personal effects." Uh, she uh, she went on sabbatical uh, about um, she went on sabbatical a year ago, but she only had you know six months worth of sabbatical. After that expired, uh, basically she was fired pro forma by the university, and all her personal effects were discarded. What about did she she mention why she was going on sabbatical? Um, 
I think she was, she never really fit in here. She was unsatisfied with academic life, something about how we're all abstract and we all like, we're not actual theory. Plus we, I don't know, like don't do enough to help the autochthonous uh, people uh, of the universe. Uh, she's very like, you know, I think she's like one of those weird alien lovers. Right. And what would, um... I guess we would already know, but what's her her field of study was? Her th- field of study is theoretical physics. Theoretical physics. You're actually the first person to ask this. Yes, theoretical physics. She's, uh, yeah, back when she was here, she was one of the leading uh, uh, papers on total conversion technology. Interesting. Does is that like any, yeah. any <clears throat> you guys know what total conversion is? Matter to uh, energy. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yes, in theory, because of unified theory where E equals MC squared, it should be possible to make energy out of converting matter. And if you could do it as a controlled reaction instead of an atomic explosion, you'd have unlimited power. Yeah, it's just a theory anyway. There's no way you could actually do it. Does she uh does she have any associates? Did anyone work with her on her research? Right. We have some of her research papers here, and there's probably some like uh extra names on it that might be graduate students. Are some of them still sticking around? Oh, um yeah, uh, I might be able to help you. I'd have to make some phone calls. Um uh why don't uh oh he, he, sure, yeah. Uh why don't uh I, I think you what you really hold on, I think I know who you want to talk to. You don't want to talk to me because uh, she had some uh, people. Uh, let me see who's still. Let me look at my Filofax here because it's you know retro future and we still use Filofaxes. Got to pull out the Rolodex. An electric uh, Rolodex. You have to hit a button. To make it spin. Yeah, I think <laughs> you really want to talk to. Uh, oops, sorry guys, I keep flipping windows here. Okay. Oh. Uh, the old professor who uh, she worked with the closest is uh, Dr. Avery, uh, um, Dr. Avery Henvangion. And uh, he would, um, uh, you know, he's still in the theoretical physics department. He'll have some office hours. Uh, he has late office hours this evening. If you came back, uh, I mean, if you go to his office, well, I'm just about, you know, uh, right about now, uh, I think you get some audience with him. Awesome. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Thank you very much. You've been very helpful. Okay, so they send you off there. Meanwhile, team profile. Uh, pro- assembling a profile is our favorite. It's mine and academics. Yep, I got two successes. Two successes. Yeah. Uh, and you are going through public information. I'll let you roll an extra D12 because your authority will help you with public information. All right, okay. I'll do some assisting here. Okay, so Dr. Oselstoff was a member of the theoretical physics department. Ooh. Okay, and you can find several things where she was also one of the more outspoken people of what... uh, Let me see if I can... Uh, She is an autochthonist. Yes, she is definitely an autochthonist. She's definitely a person who uh, believes that... um, uh, aliens uh, such as the Mercurians uh, and uh, the Jovians uh, 
you know, we don't need a repeat of the imperialism that we had in the past that uh, alien worlds should be sanctuaries, not exploited. Uh, and she didn't get along very well with some of the other university people because of that is what you can assemble from the profile. But she also worked in the theoretical physics department where she wrote three papers on stuff that makes no sense to any of you, like exponential permittivation uh, theory and practice uh, and, um, you know, quantum entanglement, not for singles anymore. Um, or <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Martian, well, the Martians are a thorny issue because the Martians are a decadent empire that have fallen uh, out of place. But really, the pet issues for some people now are whether, uh, you know, after the the violence of the Martians and some of the exploits, the Venusians, I think, didn't actually have uh, interplanetary travel, if I read that correctly, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and not to mention the threat that is the Thermionic Empire. Uh, Hasselstoff is, was under the opinion and she didn't get along very well. Plus, also, while she published a couple papers, they kind of dry up after a while. Uh, and uh, also, you find a filing. Um, actually, I don't think you get fi- you don't file for tenure. You just get appointed to tenure, don't you? Yeah. You, yeah. Eventually, your university heads will decide, ah, you've been here long enough. Well, that and also the purpose of tenure is to protect somebody. Uh, because if you have tenure, you can't be fired. So the theory behind that is, is that you can say anything you want um, because you can't be fired. Your job is, is guaranteed for life. Well, Dr. Alsop doesn't have any of that. It says she went on a sabbatical, and then um, there's also a note that says she was terminated. Uh, you know, her, 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 her uh, employment expired, I guess is the best way to say that. But, um, yeah, and I guess you'll find some of the filings of the papers when these guys get back. They'll explain that some of these papers are referring to total conversion technology. Converting matter into energy completely, therefore unlimited power, therefore oh, what what right. everyone's fighting about. Uh, it would be a uh, would you wouldn't have to mine radioactives for it. It wouldn't have pollution. I mean, it's a pipe dream and impossible. But when not according to this paper. <laughs> well, when you hear that, um, hey, uh, Doctor Corvus, can you roll a D eight for me? Uh, while I'm rolling that, wasn't Dr. Avery mentioned uh, on Mercury as well? Uh, I think so. I think so, too. The name is ringing a bell. Uh, I so... might have come up in the random generation twice. Let me check. No, I don't think so. I, I apologize. Swear, came Dr. Up Avery has come up before. Maybe that uh, was the name of the uh, missing scientist. <laughs> You know, that might be the name of the missing scientist. Sorry, my, my, my random generator is... We found her! Uh, Mission accomplished, guys. She rode a rocket back to Earth and met us here. Okay. Like, the profile they assembled, some of the data and the discussion, like, and now it clicks with you. This paper is a discussion of a a, a process that, you know, of, of a theory that possibly, you know, could be the key to total conversion technology, safe, free, unlimited energy. Good. Uh, you cross-reference that with the papers they come up with in the profile, and um, how many gadgetry uh, successes do I need to make such a device? Uh, well, you actually the problem you need to build four specific devices. I will need a shot. Paper. 
And did it tell uh, me how to make them? Uh, no, that's the problem. It refers to four specific devices that Oslstoff uh, has heard of uh, because it says that you'll need a, a zero permittivity uh, uh, crucible. Uh, that's uh, easy enough. A, a null, uh, a null gra- uh, encased uh, in a null gravity chamber. Sure. Seems to be all about getting rid of stuff or making sure not nothing sticks around. I got it. Uh, to make sure nothing uh, happens during it, you'll need a the a positronic controller with a uh, exahertz uh, processing speed to monitor all of it. Of course, duh. Uh, let's see. And what was the fourth thing? Do you think we're gonna have time to draw this while we're tracking down terrorists? I'm mean, guess it's gonna be like a baryonic I- injector or something like that. I'm back then. No. no. No, the, the the last one is the the uh, uh, what I mentioned before the exponential permittivator generator field to to change the basic permittivity of um, the electron bond. Right, but you've got nothing injecting any matter to be converted to begin with. One well, theory it can convert any matter. Right, but your your device is a uh, a series of spheres basically wrapped upon one another to make sure that nothing uh, escapes or you know bad happens. But you've got no device. To create or to insert the matter to be uh, generated to begin with. Of course you do. You have a shovel. Oh well, you just shoveled in like it's a steam engine. It's fine. <laughs> in, in other words, yeah, if you, you just put the stuff in the middle and you close the sphere over yeah. it. <laughs> and this is something off we go so like, like gadgets and gizmos in the game are designed to be like very quick throwaway things. Like you already know the theory behind this to build this. But as another staple of this genre is, you know, the wondrous device, the astounding device, if you were. Well, that requires very specific knowledge and, you know, abilities to build. Uh, because that's why you kidnap scientists. Because if you kidnap a scientist, you can get them to build your doomsday device for you. Yeah, no, you kidnap me if you want to blow up your planet by mistake. Well, we got this crackpot here. He knows what he's doing. Oh, no, right. the thing has gone wrong. Kidnap the scientist to fix what he's done. Right. So yeah, you would I'm have... More like... Yeah. You would actually have to find. So, in other words, now that they've described the papers, and you can assemble that, you, Doctor Corvus, can go ahead and you know move the papers around uh, and say, "Oh, that's what this paper is." It describe uh, it, it describes four other. If you add four other theoretical devices, you could totally convert matter to energy. But these other four devices are completely theoretical. Yeah, no, it's like a scene from Explorers or some 70s, 80s sci-fi movie where, oh, if I put these sheets together, the edges have some sort of, oh, it forms a diagram. Yeah. Right. So, so it's at the moment. So if these other four devices existed, you might be able to build this. But who knows if these other four devices exist? Well, you all know that the atomic industry will never let us build a total reconversion energy device. Well, but you don't want the, the Thermionic Empire to get that because they don't give a care about economics. Who knows what they could do with that? They could do unlimited evil. They might use it as a weapon. And our, yeah, and Dr. Corvus could say, well, you don't want the Martians to have limited energy either. But... I mean, they really wouldn't care. Well, regardless of whether we build this thing or not, let's just take back the scientists who can definitely try to build this thing from the crazy fascists who think they deserve to control the world from the asteroid belt. Right. One terrible evil at a time. 
Then we can decide what we do with the wonder wonder with the wonder device. Power okay. So speaking of ter- speaking of terrible evil, I would like uh, John Lancer and Boris Blaskowitz to roll their mind and observation for no good reason. And if you have danger oh, sense, you get to roll an extra d12. I'm sure nothing is going to happen. We're oh. perfectly safe. We're on Earth, and we're in academia. They're just a bunch of nerds. Nothing could happen. I didn't notice a damn thing. (laughs) The two of you are on university campus and John Lancer is like, you know, looking around going, yeah, I can fit in with the kids. I'm, you know, how do you do fellow kids? I'm 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 flirting with a few co-eds. Look, Lancer, I knew they rejected you for all these interviews, but, you know, maybe we could get a drink later. It'll turn out all right. What was the the number on Lancer's football jersey again? So, but it's after hours, and so uh, you know, like seven p.m. odd you know, office hours mm-hmm. uh, when you go to um, you know meet the scientist uh, in his lab. Uh, Boris, like you know, there's just something about it that kind of rubs you the wrong way, like just the way the the sodium lights hang in the sky or the mm-hmm. darkness. It's just something about it just is triggering your you know senses. But Lancer thinks you're silly. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? We're on a college campus. Yeah. Uh, the lights could go out. Okay. And, I waited uh, a few seconds there for traumatic okay. effect. It didn't happen, so maybe it was. So I, I'm like, I'm literally just like knocking on the door. Hey, what's up, Doc? Uh, um, yes, come right in. Um, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, you'll go ahead and go into the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, and when you get into the office, um, the first thing uh, that Boris immediately notices is that there's no one in here. There's actually a phone that's off the hook on the table. Okay? Interesting. It's like one of the windows like, hanging open. I'm like, what? No, but you will notice a flash from one of the windows, and uh, you will immediately take the guard action. Okay. Because you don't have focus. And then you, I guess, will scream, get down, because I need both of you to make dodge rolls, and I will give um, uh, Boris a bonus to it, unless you want to do something else with your one action. Oh, thank you. Do I my have evasion? My, nope. My cat-like reflexes. Okay, and this is, uh, all right, so that is two successes. Pretty good. I got one success. Okay. Uh, one success. All right. So what happens is the two of you get down. There's going to be a flash uh, as you hear a whooshing noise and a rocket flies into the window and explodes in the room. Uh, John, you have two successes, so you will take three points of damage. So I need you to soak that. First, you will roll your body dice, and then if you have any endurance dice, you can roll those. Each four better you get soaks one point of damage. All right. So I just roll body first, or do I... You can roll body and endurance at the same time. It works too. I just mentioned that because not everybody has endurance dice. Uh, Boris, I do. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, you have two success in your dodge. You only take two points of damage, but you soaked one point of that. What sort of outfit are you wearing? Me? Yeah. Are you wearing the fancy uh, outfit? The the hardy no, outfit? What are you wearing? No, I'm wearing my Astro Patrol outfit. Okay. So that would be a rough outfit. Go ahead and roll a bonus d8. Uh, I'm sorry, you only take two points of damage because you actually have two successes in the dodge. 
the person, oh, I know you have one success. My bad. You take three points. My bad. All right. It doesn't matter. Uh, you only soak two of it. There is one point left. You must tap one of your soaks or be incapacitated. Now, every character started with panic soak, and you got actually, you're a man out of time. Don't you have like hurt soak and injure soak or whatever? I've rolled four successes at this point. On the dodge, you rolled two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I rolled one success on dodge. Oh, right. All right. So Lancer rolled two successes. He takes two points of damage. Uh, which he said, next... okay, so we're done. Okay. You guys are right. John, you so you go, what? And then there's a boom, you cover your face and uh, d- dive behind something, behind the desk, which catches on fire. You're okay. You take three, uh, Boris, you take three points of damage. Let's do it. Here's soak. Doesn't soak anything. You take three points of damage. Pretty bad. You've got to soak that with by tapping other soaks. I will go ahead and tap injury soak. I am viciously burned by this missile exploding in the room. Okay. Uh, right. So whoosh, boom. You go, oh my god. Um, well, John, uh, both of you survive. If barely. Uh, okay. But you can hear some commotion out in the hallway. You have one round to react before something happens. You could dive out the hole in the window. You could wait to see what's coming in next, or... I don't like the idea of whoever's behind us. Let's get out of here. All right. uh, and I'll make my way towards the hole. Yeah. Okay, if you, if you want to dive out the hole, that's going to be a roll of body speed and athletics. Sweet. Oh. This is going to be crazy. Uh, what do you want to do, Mr. Lancer? <gasps> oh, God. Mr. Lancer dives out the hole falls to the ground, and injures himself. You take another, <laughs> you take another three oh, points of damage. I need you to soak that with the same drill. I told you to stun roll. <laughs> wow. Four dice, and I failed all four. Forrest, you have one success. You were hit with broken glass for one point of damage. Soak one point for me, please. Okay, okay. Which I believe you can do in theory. I have three dice, so okay. there we go. Yep. I, I have hurt soak. I can negate three points of damage. Well, well, okay, so when you take the when you take the three points of damage, you immediately get to soak. So go ahead and roll your body endurance and an extra D8 from your outfit again. Gotcha. You might um, actually soak this. Who can tell? Gotcha. Body, endurance, and you said an extra D8? Yep. Back to the roll. Two successes. Okay. Uh, well, you took three points of damage. There is one point left. You must tap a soak to get rid of that. You could tap panic soak, which gets rid of two points. Or you could uh, tap Hurt Soak or Injured Soak. Hurt Soak comes back at the end of the scene. Injury takes longer. I'll, take, a hurt, I'll, I'll take Hurt Soak. I mean, okay. You're all cut up and bloody. Yeah. But otherwise, fine. Because you're man out of time. They made him tougher back then. That's right. Okay, so you have not land on my feet. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, and tuck and roll. Uh, you two look terrible. Uh, you are now on the campus quad. I don't have a map for this. But then you'll hear some people like burst into the room and say, where are they? I don't see them. And then you'll see a figure appear in the window and say, there they are. Quick, scramble. <laughs> um, yeah. They start shooting their ray guns at you. Mm-hmm. Like, Damn, uh, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> if you guys you guys run away, that will be a roll of body, speed, and athletics. Is, hey. are, either, are either of you cowards? No. Uh, nope. And neither of you are running. One success. Do either of you guys. have stealth? Uh, no. no. Oh, what kind of cat are you, Lancer? Um, as a cat, I got athletic evasion, observation. 
an acrobat. Okay. An acrobat. Actually, oh, acro- you're an acrobat. Oh, okay. Um, uh, um, well, we'll worry about that later. Acrobat means yeah. you can fall better, but we should have yes. given that. I just, re- I just realized that too. So Oops. my apologies. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, I'll just rule that. Um, the the two of you run uh, away, and you have at least one success. So uh, you guys get shot at. Uh, but managed to run. Where are you guys running to? Uh, we should probably try heading back to our uh port of call here. Yeah, where, okay. where, where the other three are. Uh, you are not pursued off campus. Um, by the way, I think Quasar is going to point out that you guys actually have. Uh, oh yeah, out. that's right. Yeah. Uh, once we're slightly out of danger, we'll just tap that and double tap. It's like, I think the uh. Our professor's associates are not—they're in a bit of danger too. Uh, go ahead and roll a d12 for me, please. Radio is fine. Yay! Radio has a one in twelve chance of not working, so you're fine. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I tap back in with that. That or uh, they were part no. of the—they—he lured the us in the whole time. He—he he definitely lured us in. Who's that one that told us about the office hours? Gosh, I can't even remember his face now. So, armed with this information, what do you do? Uh, we did the I mean, trade. Captain Proteus, those guys just radioed in and said the university professor tried to kill them. We've been attacked. The university Our- professor lured us into a trap. We need okay. to trace a phone call. Okay, so are they still under the? Are they still under attack? No, no, they ran hiding. away. And then you. We're hiding oh, we, right now. We're gonna go. I, I guess we'll wake our way towards them. Uh, and uh, I call campus security. I guess. <laughs> okay. So, so you call a bunch of authority. So you call in the police, and you guys sit tight. I'm gonna go ahead and move forward. If you have hurt soak, you may recharge it because you know you ain't got time to bleed. So recharge yeah. that. Uh, and yes, the police will show up. Uh, and say we're sorry to hear that uh, you, um, uh, you know, we're under attack. Uh, you know what happened. So someone apparently uh, used an improvised explosive rocket uh, to try and kill you. I felt it. Gee whiz! Thanks, Sherlock. Well, actually, not trying to kill you. They're. Well, I'm sorry. We're police. They must have been trying to kill Doctor Avery because he's that's his office, and he was the primary target. Right. Yeah, of course. That must have been it. Okay. Who sent you there? Um, you were talking to one of their coworkers, right? They talked to yeah. a random. Uh, they talked to a random aide uh, who sent them. Yeah. There. Some ran. Some random professors told us that this Dr. Avery was an associate of the professor, the missing professor. You tried to based on my profile of the doctor. Do I know that Avery was a, was indeed an associate? Uh, Dr. Avery uh, Henbogen, uh, Dr. Avery Henbogen is indeed a professor at the university. And the aide that they were described as seeing before, uh, Dolores Marchesi, uh, Marchesi, uh, you can uh, find information on both of them. Uh, Dr. Mar- uh, Marchesi doesn't answer the phone. Neither Marchesi nor Hermogen answer their phones for inquiries at this time. I can't imagine why. Uh, Dr. Hermogen is indeed uh, on university staff. Uh, He 
you know where you remember his name from, uh, Dr. Uh, Captain Proteus. Uh, he wrote a dissent on one of uh, uh, Hazelstoff's paper. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Marchesi is a teaching assistant that works here. Uh, neither of them are answering calls for comment. Right. And I'm also going to point out that when we went into Dr. Avery's room, he wasn't there and his telephone was off and he was speaking through the telephone. Yeah, it was, it was a trap. We are the one step ahead of us. Uh, unfortunately, oh, the, campus, the campus police can't verify that. All they could verify was that the office was struck by a missile. But Can there was right. a phone call. There was a. Is there any way of tracing the phone call? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because if it was internal to the university, it would have gone through the through, uh, the university, board, right? Yeah, it, it would have just been it actually it would have been direct dial. So uh, no, there's really no way to trace a phone call. There's this isn't the era of computers where there's records of that kind of stuff. But do we have okay for setting detail? Are they using like switchboards with switchboard operators? The if phone call, if the, either the phone, since they the phone call could have come from anywhere because um, they you know because uh, they could have called and left it off the hook and waited for you to come in. So the call could come from anywhere, but the timing implies they were observing you, and they could have been observing you from across the, the courtyard. Uh, across the courtyard, which is where the missile came from. You can go to where the missile came from. That's yeah. not that hard to telemetrize. Yeah. All right, so let's do that. Let's triangulate where this rocket came from and see if there's any suspicious room or... Um, before you... Where are you right now? Oh, they're at the cool. university. I mean, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm there with, right? Yeah, uh, we're all together you, now, I assume. You can be physically there if you want to be, yes. I just want to make a little adjustment to your outfit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to add aeroplane to your outfit. Congratulations, you can now fly. Remember that while flying, there is a breakdown die. Who? Me? Do which person's outfit? Uh, to Lance, the one who fell so dramatically to their doom. Congratulations. <laughs> Cody Slowly now. upgrading I, I, you. I'm the rocketeer now. <laughs> Slowly upgrading you to compensate for your faults as an organic being. Uh, Thank just you. Remember, I have it has been nice now. It has a breakdown die. Uh, let's see. Aeroplane. You roll a D8. D12. Uh, if, it rolls a, if it rolls a 1, it stops working and you plummet like a rock. Gotcha. All right. Let me put that in here. <laughs> uh, it, you uh, I'm showing a it's a D12. After, uh, you, you roll after every minute of flying or if you take damage. Oh, sorry. I was looking at animatronic. My bad. Are you giving him animatronic? No, no, no. I was saying D12 and you were saying D8. And I was like, oh, sorry. I was looking at animatronic, which is D12. Yeah, the, yeah. The, way, the, way we, the way we game balance these is all of them are the same difficulty to make because if I made this sliding scale, we'd be here all day or people would forget. So instead, the way we balance them is they have different breakdown dice. Like trivial stuff that isn't that great, like detecting weird stuff has a higher breakdown die than, say, really cool stuff like being able to fly. So basically, I have a giant rocket pack on, rocket pack on and I can... I assume, you, I assume you were the rocket pack and not um, uh, helicopter. You planes. know what? Hold on. What's uh, three successes is enough. Uh, I am going to add dirigible to your outfit, and wait for it. Boom! I'm going to add keyed so that if you start to fall at a high rate of velocity, the dirigible will uh come out. So I have to point out that none of this has been disguised. So you now have this big backpack on your back. That's, yeah, that's great. What's it called? What's the last thing called? Uh, you uh, have key. a keyed dirigible. In, in other words, it, he, he put in an aeroplane, but if that fails, he built in uh, uh, a, uh, 
he, he built in a, a fail-safe uh, hot air balloon. Gotcha. I mean, you want me to go one further, then sure. Would you like to just give him a parachute Boom, as well? Boom, now it's camouflaged as well. Okay, now it's camouflaged, so it just looks like an ordinary backpack, so you have to deploy it before you can use it. So, congratulations, Flyboy. Congratulations, John Lancer. So I have to deploy my airplane or deploy, I guess, deploy the airplane? You have to deploy the airplane, otherwise it's hidden on your outfit. Gotcha. People oh, assume cool. you just have a stylish backpack. But... <laughs> It's the three flying machines in one. The length also, of overkill that happens after you fall out of a window once. Oh my god, I've become Buzz Lightyear. Uh, so how? Yeah, you're Buzz. You're basically Buzz Lightyear. Okay, how many times have you rolled this damn gadget roll and it's not gone down? Uh, every time. Which is like what? <laughs> I don't know. Every time. <laughs> uh, this is getting incredibly lucky. As well, lucky. Yeah, I remember, I have also that kind of person that's put everything into gadgeteering. So. Well, when you go to investigate the place, speaking of gadgeteering, when you go to investigate where the rocket came from, you find the discarded improvised tube that the rocket was made out of. To examine it is a role of mind and craft. That sounds like a job for you. Can I assist him with some observation? Uh, no, you can only assist with mind and craft, but you can still assist with mind and craft. Improvised, but not a uh, gadget, right? It uh, is not. A, uh, it doesn't look like a gadget. Okay. I take it up that Ralph is not there? Uh, no, you guys are all here, because I think you all converged on this. We radioed you in the danger over. It, it doesn't matter. Well, actually, Ralph could probably assist you. Okay, this is the type of improvised weapon that is often seen in the hands of mutant crime gangs. Oh my goodness. The dawn. From the nuclear, I guess from the nuclear waste. In the nuclear wasteland. All right. Well, so much for going to the asteroids. By mutant criminals. All right. Everybody put their lead apron on. We're going to the radioactive land. I actually had mutant as a type in my first draft, I think. Uh, you did. And in fact, I think we need to put it back. Okay. Fantastic. As monsters. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Because we, we, I, I, originally I took them out, and uh, I, I think we need to put them back as a type. Agreed. Uh, so, uh, you know, thanks for reminding me. I originally wasn't going to have mutant gangs, but then I started reading more of the, well, you have atomic wars. We're going to have mutants. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Right. Um, so, um, uh, yeah. So yeah, they would, you know, if you want to look for mutants, well, if you want to look for mutants, you got to look for mutants in old Jersey city. I gotcha. How do we get to um, old Jersey City? Oh, the sewers, obviously. We take okay. the elevator. We all know They're Futurama. Three days. Okay, so now, um, well, now I think I need. Uh, um, okay, so now um, I know I said the the quest log is only supposed to be three, but that's not actually a hard rule. This is just a suggestion, in Urban Jungle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, yeah, now you not only have the quest slug, but you also need uh, uh, to deal not only uh, fine hostile staff, but you also need to deal with the total conversion weapon. Okay. Oh, As total in, conversion weapon now. Resolve its, well, total conversion issue. Device. Yeah, the total conversion device. Let's go with that. If somebody discovers the secret of it, if this is something that could actually happen, 
uh, you know, conversion of that. Like, obviously, there are number there are people taking this seriously because uh, whoever these futurists are, uh, like suddenly Hazelsoft has become a hot property because people are willing to kill. Uh, it looks like Captain Proteus, what was supposed to be a simple little escort mission, has suddenly snowballed into the fate of the solar system itself. Hangs in the balance. This is irritating. I think this is worth your pension, way. right? I'm actually being a cowardly and nervous sort of character. Um, I'm actually going to start showing a bit of strain and, and fussing and so forth. But some people have have, uh, have importance thrust upon them. It's true. We're going to do this. The the escapolis. Come on, Captain. It, it it could all be bogus. Captain, what's so, got you so nervous? Uh, seeing as we have all, we started. There's no process documented for this, but <laughs> don't worry, Captain. We'll just wing it. We'll go in there. We'll kick the mutant butt. We'll save the scientists, and we'll be heroes. They'll make. We'll be in lawnmower commercials. That's a process a I can get behind, and I, I will high five Lance. I want to improve the the captain's outfit to make him impervious to stress. <laughs> Uh, that would basically be like pumping him full of dexedrine. That's not the best idea. Yeah, it's a, a thing that reads his heart rate, and every time it injects him with the, the proper chemical. Is the experimental armor in Fallout 3 or is in Fallout New Vegas? The one that keeps saying, you need a dose of vitamin M and keeps injecting you with morphine. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember it. <laughs> it sounds like a, that sounds like a New Vegas thing. Yeah, it, it's great. So... Uh, I'm going to suggest that because we like had a big violent encounter, a lot of stuff, we got a lot to think about and mm-hmm. some things to edit. I think this is probably a good place to end our story for today. How does that sound? Particularly since I agree. you come up with a toxic radioactive wasteland encounter. Yes. Well, I, I have a lot of this planned. Uh, I mean, I'll be, I'm, like, I do have an outline, but I do need a little more time. Plus, also, I think this is like you know a good high point. Um, mm-hmm. I mean. So the first thing we do in the game, of course, is we have the debriefing. So are you enjoying the game? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I can roll a D6 30 times in a row and never get a one. It's perfect. I love I love that I have positioned myself now that whenever our research digs too deep, I'm there to literally take the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's just happened that you've gone where the violent encounters are. I know. It's um, great. I love it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I do some improv cause we have to improv a couple things, uh, violence wise, but, um, yeah, I'm also a big fan of hammer theory, which is, uh, whatever your character is good at, you'll want to keep doing that. Uh, I do try to press characters sometimes outside of their comfort zone a little bit, but you're a party of adventurers. The people who are good at doing something are going to go do the thing that they're good at and to solve any problem, you're going to look at what skills that you have. So um, I know I made a little fun of how you guys are like academically diagnosing everything, but you're criminal investigators. You should be smart. So uh, I'm enjoying that part of it. So I'd like to thank everybody for participating in the debriefing. So because you participated in the debriefing, you get one experience point. Huzzah. Now, also, does anyone have any personal goals that they have accomplished uh, I get it, to, at this session because everyone started the game with a personal goal they got to make up themselves. Okay. Um, I think address the uh, game field experience one in the first session that no longer applies in this session, correct? I'm sorry, I didn't. Uh, my uh, one of my goals is uh, game field experience, and I think I achieved that. Oh, yeah, I gave you, you I gave last you, time. 
I gave you the gift of leadership for that. So that's, right, right. That, that's that's covered then. Okay. Leadership's a bonus D12 when you rally other people because you realize at that moment that even though you could shoot and, and, and get that guy, it wasn't enough. You need your team. You need to rise to the challenge of command. Exactly. Can you do it, Captain Proteus. I will. I can. I will okay. be a new goal, I think, was right to the rise to the challenge of command. That'll be a new new goal for next session, though, I think. Uh, does anyone else? Well, the, the the you only get to set one personal goal. All the other goals I set. Understood. And just to yeah. clarify, we got two of those right now. Recover Hasselhoff and deal with the total conversion weapon, correct? Right. That might be a while. Okay. Oh, I know where Hasselhoff is. Let's go to Germany. Let's go to Germany. Uh, and they I love Hasselhoff uh, in Germany. Yeah. I don't know if we accomplished Lancer's personal goal. No, we haven't. Okay, well, that's I cool. Can't wait. I can't wait to fly my ship. <laughs> Um, get, uh, now you've got a backpack, so go for it. Uh, so, uh, okay. And, um, all right. So no personal goals. The, uh, uh, the next uh, thing we always do is we reread the mottos. So Boris, what was your motto? Let nobody hold you back. Not even missiles. Nobody did. Dr. Corvus, it was you. Eureka. Uh, Summers. When the door closes, break the window. Uh, Lancer, what's your motto? Never give up, never surrender. Yeah. Uh, which was funny because you guys jumped out the window and ran. But you did come back. Uh, and Captain Proteus, your motto? Document the process and follow it. You guys are a huge documentation. The purpose of the motto is just to remind me what your characters are on about. So I, as the GM, have a foothold for it. So everybody gets one experience point for that. So that should be your second experience point. You've earned two. Okay. Um, uh, and unless anybody wants to spend any weird experience points on anything, I think, uh, where, um, uh, I think that's everything. What can I use two points on? Could nothing. I raise nothing? Okay. Then I'll hold it. Uh, it takes at least four points to buy anything. You can take things that you've already earned and sell them back. So, uh, but you missed the first session. So gotcha. Uh, okay. Four points would buy me a die in shooting, right? Uh, four points would buy you a D4 in shooting. Which is more than I have now. So That's right. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do that. I'll spend it. All that target range practice is going to pay off today. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think you've done the second most shooting in the party. The first most shoot is just the Mad Martian. I've, I've shot everything. I have hit everything I've aimed at. I, I know. I damaged anything. But... I'll claim you, a third you... by firing a gun. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was shooting an atomic gun, so the bullets just yeah. pour out of it. So, um, yeah, so that's, um, uh, that's, ooh, okay. Thanks for reminding me of the mutants, too, because I had a note to add mutants and I forgot. So I'll go ahead and put mutant back in there because everybody likes mutants, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have the, do you still have the text that I've written for the flavor? Oh, I have all, yeah, I save all of it. Uh, I mean, I save new drafts every day because we're working on Astounding Science, which I'm very excited, uh, is now in a playable state. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it, uh, because I, I enjoy this kind of stuff. I enjoy genre type Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, it's fun to also uh, get away from the retro future that's Myriad Song, which is 70s sci-fi, and get into the retro future, which is, well, I'm, I'm the Heinlein and Piper fan, so I got like ameliorate that a little bit. So thanks, everybody, for coming by. It looks like we had a internet held up. I mean, sorry about the delay, but mm-hmm. it looks like we held up. So yeah, um, Astounding Science is not available for sale, but Urban Jungle is. Uh, we sell our games on DriveThruRPG, Amazon.com, are the best retailers and some dodgy ones because I work for SanguineGames.com 
and where we make Urban Jungle. And currently we're working on more Iron Claw stuff, uh, as well as some more stuff uh, in the future. But we often stream here on uh, twitch.tv slash Ractus. Uh, so uh, do we have any more stuff to promote? What's coming up next? Uh, we probably got a tabletop thing coming up next time. Pretty sure. Yeah. Boardroom, I believe, is at 6 p.m. E- uh, EDT. Yes, sir. And Yep, so that's coming up next. we got to give you guys some time to prepare for that. Do we know what we're doing today on Boardroom? I think it's Salem 1692. Is that the right year? Ooh. Well, Sa- I know the Salem. Right. Yeah, okay, so that sounds pretty cool. Anybody else got anything else to hype? Nope, we're all good, I think. We're good. I mean, uh, once again, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Piat, for writing this kind of stuff, and I will see you guys later. I'm going to go ahead and take care of some stuff. Take care, Ryan.